Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast where greasers and socias can live in harmony. Look to the cookie, Elaine. Look to the cookie. Here are two guys that aren't afraid to sleep. Nope, not going to say that. Why? Two reasons. It's disgusting and it's not true. Here are two guys that aren't afraid to sleep in the wet spot. Matt and Doug. I had to go an alternate route with your open, Doug. She really wouldn't say that? That wasn't a bit? <laughs> that was a bit, but you know. Okay. It still All works. Right. Yeah. How's so, it going, man? It's, it's going. It's, you know, uh, another day in paradise. It's the weather has finally gotten a little bit colder, and it is nice. It's about time to put uh, the car down for the, for the winter, but yeah, everything's going we, well. We are celebrating, what, month six of 15 days to lower the curve? <laughs> and you know the, the thing about that is everybody has talked about okay the u.s is terrible it's all this person's fault or that person's fault and if the u.s had just done this like europe did europe which is now experiencing like a huge secondary spike right right it's it, you can't put the blame on anybody i, I mean you can but the, the ridiculousness of the politics going back and forth it, it makes my head want to explode literally <laughs> but the the one thing i'm looking forward to with the election being over is well first of all just the election being over but i will stop getting random texts have oh, you been getting God. the text for it's donald trump and we will match 800 percent of your blah 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 and i get it on both sides of the aisle but i guess i should introduce myself my name is matt <laughs> and with me as always is my partner in podcasting at least doug all right, all right, all right. Hey, so I got something that grinds my gears a little bit. Wow, it's starting right up with it. Starting you know what really right grinds up. my gears? So I'm on the road a lot because of what I do for a living. Uh, I'm driving, I don't know, probably anywhere from 40 to 120 miles per day. And I see a little bit of everything. And there's a couple of things that really absolutely drive me crazy. And one happened to me this week where I was going 10 miles over the speed limit and some lady with her kid in the car in the front seat was riding right on my ass. And you try and speed up, you try and slow down, you try and, you know, tap the brakes. You know, I don't want to do a super heavy duty brake check because I don't need their engine shoved up my ass. Sure. Uh, but it's just like, are you that stupid? Because I've seen heads in the back of semi trailers before being on the fire department. Um, Somebody who was even more stupid riding, tailgating behind a semi, and that semi had to slam on their brakes. And just, you know, like in Starsky and Hutch, the car goes underneath the semi, and off goes the head. And that head was in the back of the semi. So that's one. People who tailgate. And I honestly think that some people don't realize that they're doing it. Other people, I think, I'm going to get on this guy's ass, and I'm going to make him go as fast as I want him to go. So that, that's two things. And then also the people when you're driving down the road and somebody who pulls out in front of you, whether they're taking a right turn out of the road or a left turn out of the road. And if I have to slow down, that makes you an asshole that you had to impede my speed so you could get out. You couldn't wait three seconds to just get behind me. Um, how you feel about these things? So actually, we, my youngest son, his last cross country meet was today and it was on the other side of Columbus and when Jen and I go someplace, we usually split the driving. She'll drive one one way, and I'll drive the other way. And so I was I was driving back, 
And the first thing you're talking about was I had went from one interstate to the loop around around Columbus and I was getting tailgated and I almost brake checked, you know, the person not actually applying the brake, but just putting enough pressure on the brake pedal that the lights come on, you know, and then I realized that it was a cop. (laughs) (laughs) So brake checking the cop probably wouldn't have been the best idea. So I slowed down and he just kept on creeping, 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 creeping. And eventually he, he went around me, but that pissed me off a little bit. And then we got off of the interstate and it is when where I live, you get off the interstate and then you kind of are on this bridge and you go left across the bridge and down the other side. And it is basically you're going over the interstate. And on the other side, the from people that were going southbound on the interstate, they are getting off and they are either turning right or turning left. And I had a green light and somebody coming up on the off ramp didn't even stop at the red light. They just accelerated through the red light. So I had to slow down as I was going straight across the bridge. So very similar uh, experience just today. Yeah. And one more thing that really gets me, God love bikers. I have no problem sharing the road with them. But what really grinds my gears is when I'm stopped at a stop sign and all of a sudden there's a biker that comes up to my, on my right hand side and just goes right through the stop sign. I mean, if I've ever seen a stop, a bike actually stop at a stop sign and not do a rolling stop, it would be the first time because I never see it. Uh, or, or I mean, it's what's what's really crazy is the bikes that want to go on these country roads sure. that there is like three inches of. Um, yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's nothing on the side. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, and then the one that really gets me is when there's two of them and they're going up a hill and they're riding side by side. I'm like, really? You you couldn't go, you know, single file for me. Now I've got to go ten miles an hour or slower up this hill to follow you to accommodate you. Like I said, I got no problem sharing the roads with bikers, but you got to share the roads with us too, man. I, it's you know, if I hit you and it's your fault, more than likely I'm going to be the one that gets in trouble for it. Yeah, and and that happens a lot, and you see that with bikers, and you will see a line of traffic just because the oncoming traffic coming the other way is is solid, so you cannot get around them. Yes, and they don't have a part of the road to actually ride on themselves, so they are just riding in the middle of your lane. So there's absolutely nowhere you can go yeah. with that. Well, I've pissed off a lot of people here in the first ten minutes of our podcast. People who are liberals probably aren't going to listen to us anymore. I have nothing against liberals. I just don't want any political party, even Trump, texting me on my phone. Because the problem with the, with the Trump texts, you get like four of them in a row. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it has been a lot, and it, it's that's like I said. I'm just looking forward to the election being over. We did, and actually, I switch, probably should close that out for you. And that's what yeah. really grinds my gears. But <laughs> we we did our, our ballots because we have our, our mail-in ballots. And one of the guys that I work with uh, that I did not see, I haven't seen in, in six months, but we have what's called a Slack channel, which is kind of like a chat channel that's in, internal for work. And he said, hey, everybody, just FYI, I mailed my ballot last week and I got another one this week. So... <sighs> And people are saying well, there's absolutely no issues with mm-hmm. mail mail in voting, and I I vote mail in I and I have for years, so I I can't complain about it. But to say that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, 
and that there's no opportunity for fraud, you are fooling yourselves if you think that. Yeah, you know what I say to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, my missus and I were talking last night, and she just said, she goes, oh, God, I cannot wait for this election to be over. I'm like, yeah, me as well, but I think whoever wins, there's going to be a continuous shit show that follows them, whether it's, you know, Trump wins, cities are going to burn, uh, Biden wins, Judges are going to be assassinated. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. The world's ending. The world's on fire. Uh, and thank God I have this podcast. Yeah, no, it's no matter what happens, there's going to be issues. And I think that the issues will be worse if one side wins over the other. But I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But let's yeah. go ahead and move into. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. So prior to us recording, Matt said he only had one item. I have a few items. I was trying to think of a term of people making comments uh, kind of on the side, putting in their two cents. And the term that I was thinking of was the peanut gallery. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the dad from ALF, his name was Max, right? He actually passed away uh, in June of 2019. Yeah, he was filmed smoking crack and doing gay porn. Not... Child porn, which we had assumed, uh, no, that would belong to the seventh heaven dad, Stephen Collins, and he was never filmed, but he confessed in therapy that he was a an abuser of minor children, and that dude's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, he was in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and he was also Decker. Stu- was that what his name was? Yeah, he was uh, Captain Decker, I believe. He was the person that Kirk took over from. Of the Enterprise. He, he was okay. in charge of the Enterprise. All right. Uh, and then he was also the star of Tales of the Golden Monkey. Do you remember that show by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I actually, I looked up some clips on YouTube. There's a lot of Was that a Nickelodeon show? No, I think it was ABC. And it was really? only once, one season. And it was, I mean, it was a highly produced show for the time. I think it was 81 or 82. Um, but it followed the exploits of this guy named Jake who had a one-eyed dog named Jack, and he flew like a seaplane back in the 1930s uh, in the kind of the South Pacific and, you know, dueling it out with Nazis and Japanese and natives, and there was a love interest and uh, an alcoholic chum that palled around with him. I remember watching that show as a kid and was very disappointed when they did not renew it. Actually, that's not the show I was thinking of. I was thinking of a game show. I'll have to think of for next week which one okay. I was actually thinking of. All right. Uh, we talked about Huey Lewis in the news quite a bit in uh, Back to the Future podcast. And one thing that we missed was a song that actually did not make it to the original soundtrack, and I dug it up. Hey, I'm Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News. Everyone remembers my famous songs from Back to the Future, but for unknown reasons, one tune was left on the cutting room floor. Here's the never-before-seen music video. Hey there, Doc Brown, I got lost in your time machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuck in the 50s and my mom's hot in 16. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Under the table, she gives my dick a squeeze. My I don't think I'm okay with 
to be out of the scraps. That's why he's sticking with hand to penis sacks. He's whacking it off to my wife. He's whacking it off to me. I forgot how much this song just rocks. Wagging it off to my mom. What is that from? That's Robot Chicken. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, I don't think that's Family Guy, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff on Robot Chicken. It, it, pretty much any movie, with the exception of The Outsiders, we could find stuff on Robot Chicken. So that may be added to the vernacular of Betamask's Rewind with Matt and Doug. So there is also, I had talked briefly about, hey, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? You like Huey Lewis in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound. And a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's putting on a raincoat. Mm-hmm. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Alan. Yes, Alan? Why are the copies of the style section on the play? Do you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Helen. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! Is that where Christian Bale takes an axe to Jared Leto? Yeah. It's a a movie that didn't do well when it first came out, but it it is a really, really good movie, and the book is really twisted. I'm assuming you never read the book, American Psycho. I I never read the book. It's funny. My missus had a thing for Christian Bale after we saw the, the Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And we were at Walmart. This is pre-kids. We were digging through the DVD bin, the $3 or $4 bin, and she finds American Psycho. And she's like, ooh, Christian Bale. I'm like, I, I don't know if you're going to like that. She's like, no, no, no. I, I want to see it. I really like Christian Bale. And we got home, and we put it in, and she was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, hey, you wanted to spend the three ninety nine to get this, so... Here yeah, you go. I think she probably would have been better off with Empire of the Sun. Oh, that's a classic. That's, that's a great movie. Is that an 80s movie or is that 90? That I, I think that's movie. 80s. I'm pretty sure that's 80s. That may be a good one to do. Man, I got a list a mile long of movies that I want to do. So, um, all right. Uh, let's see. We talked about the Stewie clip from Family Guy where he's, I don't know what the context of this that was brought up or we said, where's my money? Do you, do you remember? I don't remember how it came up. I, I just know that it, it did come up. Well, you got my money. Stewie. Uh, hey. Hey there. So, uh, it's been 24 hours. Got my money? Oh, I, you know what? Just give me till next Friday. I'll have it for you. Oh, 
Oh, that's funny. I could have sworn I said have it today. Yeah, I don't have it, sorry. Oh, well, all right then. Mm, that's good, OJ. <laughs> yeah, that hurt? That hurt? What the hell? Yeah, it feels so good, does it? No, huh? Yeah, that's what happens, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what happens. Where's my money? You gonna give me my money? Where's my money, man? Where's the money? Yeah, you like that? That feel good? That feel good? So he torches them with a blowtorch? No, he was being shoved in the toilet. You got till five o'clock, you hear me? You got till five o'clock! You freaking psychopath! Clean yourself up. There's there's like a four minute clip of that. Oh yes, there is. Yeah, but I I pulled the best minute in fifteen seconds. Um, that's all I got for housekeeping. Okay, so this actually didn't happen during the podcast per se, but it was Fallout after the the podcast, and this was a text I got from Doug, concerned about my drinking, and <laughs> he's like, "Dude, I I." I I don't think you should be having six or seven beers be, or drinks because you're talking really slow at the end of the podcast. And the thing is, I have a very slow speech cadence because I am deliberately thinking through my thoughts as I am putting them out there. So it had nothing to do with how much I was drinking. It just had to do with the fact that I'm being very thoughtful of what I'm putting out there into the universe. Yes, but when you have that much to drink, your slow, (laughs) deliberate thoughts get even slower. (laughs) Okay. And I actually, I did have one other thing come to think of it. Uh, You mentioned something at at the tail end when I talked about I had a theme for the second season or second season for for this next set of 10 movies and you asked if it was low-hanging fruit and i just went with it i did not realize what you actually meant when you said that low-hanging fruit you meant obvious movies like Khan or raiders Mm -hmm. or aliens like bigger movies that are going to be like big things that's not what i meant i by low-hanging fruit i actually thought you meant will it be obvious or easy to figure out which what the theme is across these five movies that come from me so Okay. That's just a, a clarification on that. But that's all I have for housekeeping. So what's going on in your life? You know, not much. Um, today we started the kind of our fall cleanup around the house, bringing in the couch cushions and the chair cushions and putting potters away. And that is always kind of one of my favorite things to do because that means I have officially slid down the back of the dinosaur and have rung the bell and um, my fancy feet are moving the car. Yabba-dabba-doo. yabba So, yeah, two weeks ago I, I did 71 appointments. Uh, last week I did 37 appointments. Care to gander how many appointments I have next week? Seven. Oh, close. <coughs> ten. Oh, your dog, she added, he added three more. So, yeah, seven <laughs> plus three okay. is ten. I have ten appointments for next week. Thanks, So, John. yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's, you know, just kind of been putzing around the house. I start my you know, list of projects that I do and still trying to figure out with my missus working at home full time, how I'm going to create the illusion of being busy all the time. I guess yeah. I just need, you know, every once in a while, just kind of get up and walk around the house and look busy. Yeah. That works easier in an office. I don't think it works as well in the home. No, because I used to, I mean, she would come home 
and say, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I, you know, folded four loads of laundry, emptied the dishwasher, you know, vacuum, took the dog for a walk. Well, that's an hour and a half right there. But I was able to convince her that it took me like five or six hours to do all that shit. So I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be an interesting fall and winter. <laughs> be uh, something for you to follow up on in future podcasts. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's also going to um, really cut down on my whack time. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, either that or you'll have to like do it really, really quickly. You won't be able to edge it out. <laughs> I'll have to make sure she's on like a, a call. Hey, hon, how long is that call going to take? <laughs> yeah, can you give me access to your Outlook calendar? I just want to know when you're going to be on a call. Yeah, because I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, well, the you know the thing is, is if she if she puts on like a blouse and does her hair and makeup in the morning, it means that she's going to be on a Zoom call, which means I've got at least twenty five minutes. So. Yeah, but that's it. That's that's about all I've been up to this week. So I went on my first work trip that I've had since March. And actually, this was the first time I was in a work office that other people were at. And that was interesting. It was actually, it was a cool trip. It was just a, a one-day trip. I stayed overnight because we were supposed to start at 7 in the morning. And it made for a long day, but it was, it was weird. All these people that were there are all people that I talk to or see every week, most of them multiple times a week, but I've never met any of them in person before. Mm -hmm. And so that was weird. And because of the work that we were doing this week, I had to, I had to shave. And one of the guys who's like a senior guy at the facility that I went to, he said he didn't recognize me looking much less like Grizzly Adams because of the beard being gone. Wow. So how is the accommodator factory? (laughs) They're just cranking them out. Just cranking they, them out. Anybody want to do themselves a favor, go to Amazon.com and look up The Accommodator. <laughs> I cannot believe that it's on Amazon. But hey, there stranger things out there, I suppose. It, it doesn't surprise me that it's on Amazon. It surprises me that it's on Amazon unless you have... Because there's, there's supposed to be like a check that you have to like turn on to see adult-related materials. Mm-hmm. And... I think that just pops up in the regular one. And it also now pops up in my recently viewed field. Um, thank you for that, Doug. <laughs> there was some review of some woman that she did uh, a review on Amazon for like a clip sucker and a G-spot reacher. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like her review is literally like, you know, make sure you block off three hours on your calendar because you'll need to sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I actually have a couple of these for myself. You know what really grinds my gears? So, um, buckle up. Um, Okay. A couple weeks ago, I had talked about a thing that really bothered me was when the cleaning lady is coming and, you know, we have to get ready for the cleaning lady. I've accepted that part. But the part that really bothers me is the fact that there is stuff that I need the next morning that gets put away. So I have to dig that shit out. And... Unlike you, my wife listens to this podcast every week, so I figured she would take that as kind of a, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. On Thursday morning, sure as shit, my brush, nowhere to be found. My razor, nowhere to be found because they were put away. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently, maybe in two weeks, we won't be having this discussion again. But does, does your cleaning lady is she like Consuela from Family Guy? Oh no, <laughs> no, oh, Mr. No. Peter needs more Clorox. <laughs> no, I, I, she's been our cleaning lady for probably 
18 years. Wow. So, so it, it's been across, it's actually, yeah, it's 18 years because she was our, our cleaning person, I think, at our other house as well. Uh, so she's been around forever. And so she's seen our kids grow up and be born and, and everything. It's a little bit weird. But I think there's a, a couple of weeks ago, probably a couple of months ago at this point, you had talked about cutting the grass and how you kind of have a way that you cut the grass. And when your missus or your kids do it, they don't do it the way that you like it to be. Oh, absolutely not. It's why I work by myself, because there's no way I could micromanage somebody to do my work the way I want it to be done. So I'm just better off doing it myself. That's kind of how I feel with my lawn as well. So are, are there things that are your things and not your missus things? It's like there, there, there are things that are kind of set aside. Those are the things that you do. You mean jobs like division of labor in the house? Something like that. Or just uh, it could be like cooking. It could be cleaning. It could be any number of things. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I always take out the garbage. It is a rare rare case that she wheels the garbage cans down the driveway and and it's just kind of one of those things i do it um she's mowed the grass twice in the nine years that we've lived here um what else i i mean i'm the one that like at my workshop and her work area and the storage area and the finished basement i'm the one that always cleans that up and vacuums and dusts and cleans the bathroom there uh, what else is it that I do? I mean, I don't know. All of the basically all of the fall work and all of the spring work on the outside, I take care of ninety eight percent of it. All right. So I, I've mentioned multiple times I do the majority of the grocery shopping in a given calendar year. Jen might go to the grocery store as the primary grocery thing for the week, maybe three four times, and that's really pushing it. But the majority of the time, it, it's me, and that's fine. I I have no problem with that at all. But I have grocery shopping down to a science. I, I know what to do. I get in. I get out. I'm done. It's like sex. I want it you know, over as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And when we were coming home from my kid's race today, she's like, well, why don't we just go to the grocery store together? And it took probably an extra half an hour yeah. because I know I have a list. I need this, 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 and this. I don't need to go down aisle four, 10, or 13, because there's nothing in those aisles that I need this week. But you have to go up and down every fucking aisle. Mm. And what should have been $140, maybe $160 grocery bill was a $250 grocery Mm. bill. So that's just a thing. It's like, that's why I like doing it. I have it set. I I know what I'm doing there. And I'm sure she's going to be like, I don't really want to go to the grocery store. So have at it. So that'll be good. But the last one... Oh, so, sorry. Go ahead. Are there going to be divorce papers filed <laughs> next week? No. This is all minor <laughs> stuff. Okay. But for some reason, all of them somewhat involve my wife. Uh-huh. And the last one is, you had talked about things like uh, Shawshank Redemption and other movies where when you see them as you're browsing to the channels like on TNT or whatever, you will stop and you will kind of get sucked into that movie and you will watch them. Sure. There are movies that that works for. Shawshank would be a perfect one for that. I don't think there's really much at all that needs to be cut from Shawshank for it to be shown on TBS, for example. Mm-hmm. But it just drives me crazy when someone starts watching a movie that we have that is readily accessible. You don't even have to dig out the movie. You just have to hit a couple buttons on the TV remote to, to pull it up. 
And you're watching something like, for example, Fifty Shades of Grey was on, I think, TNT or TBS, and Jen was watching that. It's like, why the hell would you watch that? It, first of all, they have to cut out everything that possibly makes that movie interesting. Sure. I think it's a convenience factor because, I, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that, that's on Netflix or Amazon or even your platform, Plex, that I would have access to and when I did have cable, kind of the same thing, scrolling through the channels and, oh, hey, look, this is on. When I knew that I could watch it from the beginning and watch the unedited version of it. So it's just kind of a convenience living in the moment situation. So it, Jen, it, but Jen, it depends Matt, on what it Matt, is. Matt's just being a dick. But And that's what really grinds my gears. All right. Anything else, my friend? No, I think that should be it for now. All right, I, I've time, dug myself a deep enough hole. Okay, time to roll into Sound of the Week. What's that sound from 80s movies? What's that sound from 80s movies? You can play along and have some... So this is my week, and I think I'm going to have a different theme song for that next week. I'm going to try and do a new theme song for a segment every week. Kind of okay. change it up a little bit. Um, it's kind of fun. And <laughs> the one the one for um, next week's movie, which you'll hear late, a little bit later on, I was in the basement, and I came upstairs, and my missus and my two boys were laughing at me. I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, God, that was so funny to listen to. Because <laughs> they can't hear the music. They can just hear me singing. <laughs> Get your get your headphones on and yeah yes uh, so yeah this is this should be a very easy one it's a very short clip but it should be very easy for you so let her rip okay that's Top Gun oh yeah there you go see all right you want to play the full clip take the brakes so fly right by shit he's gonna get a walk on us Is that Tim Robbins in the back? It. I know he's in that movie. I. I think that is. Yeah, because that. That's the. the that's at the end, right? Yes, that, that's Merlin, I believe. Yeah, because he's the one that's going. Come on, Maverick, gotta get back into this. Yeah, yes. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? As he's going, talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> And that's when uh, Val Kilmer is kind of out there all on his own. Yeah, he's getting shot up. He's lost an engine. Yeah, yeah, but Val, he... Val Kilmer's in a bad. Val Kilmer's in a bad shape. Not as bad of a shape as he is in now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that's what well. you were talking about. Yeah, but he is in the new Top Gun that's coming out. Is he? Yeah, and okay. have, have you seen the trailer for the new Top Gun? I have. No, I, and I have to admit it was an effective trailer. Because it made me want to go out and suck some cock. <laughs> Do you think they'll have a volleyball scene? I don't, I don't know. You've, I'm assuming you've heard, uh, I think it's Tarantino's uh, breakdown about how Top Gun is the gayest straight film ever made. No, I have not. I'll have to look that up. It's on YouTube. Okay. Okay. All right. So, are you thirsty? What you drinking? Drinking. Drinking. I don't know how I 
feel about this one. It's it's so simple, and I mean it, it's well done, but it, it just doesn't have kind of the gravitas of of some of the ones that you've done in the past. Of well, course, it doesn't have the undertones either. So, <laughs> right. maybe, you know what? It, it's maybe in two weeks I'll change the drinking song. So. Okay. All right. Why don't you go first this week, my friend? So I, because of kind of being on the road and not having a lot of time, I basically had to go back with, I only have, I don't have seven today. Okay, so that's good. I, I only have five today. Only but, five, all right. But this is going to be a shorter podcast, and this one is actually shorter. This is just a Mike's Harder Cranberry. I think I've had this before, but it's yeah. it's actually really good. And this is actually, a, I think it's a 40-ouncer, so it's, it's a Ooh. big one, but it's really good. Hey. It's that, that's 20 ounces right there? Just about, yeah. Yeah, all right. It's good stuff. Is it good stuff? I I'm going to be got... talking really <laughs> slow. slow. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Founders Unraveled IPA Juicy India Pale Ale. It says, crack it, pour it, love it. It is 6.6 uh, alcohol by volume. This is a 12-ouncer. I might take it easy. I had, I had a little too much bourbon last night. And this is a nice stayed up kind of late. Mm. That's okay. Nothing great. Super uh, pineapple-y. Holy shit. Yeah. I actually thought about maybe, and maybe I will because this is, this is the first movie of this next section. Mm-hmm. I will keep track of how much I drink during the podcast and then how much I drink the rest of the week. And I'm okay. sure I drink more during the podcast and the also what I consider the post podcast part where I'm editing it together, which is actually tons quicker now. Do you keep? Do you continue drinking while you're editing? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, time to talk a little movie. Let's talk about movies. Oh, they're from the eighties, yo. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things from that show. Let's talk about movies. All right. So this week is my movie. We are talking 1983's The Outsiders, released March 27th. Sorry, I just got to interrupt you real quick here. Um, Uh, Normally, this would go in the listener reaction roundup, but I actually knew that she was going to be excited for it. Okay. So I had my my phone out and I was recording for when Jen was listening to this when she found out that we were going to do The Outsiders just so I could get her reaction because I knew she was going to be excited. So let me play that reaction. I swear to God you could drown a toddler in my panties right now. I mean, not that you would. (laughs) That sounds like Sarah Silverman. I know you say it's from whatever that show. Archer. Are Are you sure she doesn't play the character in that show? Yeah, positive. Okay. All right. So. The Outsiders, released March 27, 1983, is based on a coming-of-age novel by S.E. Hinton, who's actually a gal, published in 1967. She was 15 when she started writing this novel and 16 when she finished. Has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 63, 82% audience, and a $10 million budget with a gross of $25 million. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, you may know him from The Godfather Saga and Apocalypse Now, it starred notable actors such as C. Thomas Howell, who we talked about in Red Dawn, Patrick Swayze, 
who we talked about in Red Dawn, <laughs> Ralph Macchio, who was in The Karate Kid, Matt Dillon, who was in My Bodyguard and The Flamingo Kid, Rob Lowe, who you could see in that sex take with an underage chick. <laughs> okay, I was wondering if you were going to go there. Emilio Estevez, who you could see riding Charlie Sheen's coattails. Tom Cruise, who you could see make a fool of himself in those Scientology award show videos. Diane Lang, who was in Man of Steel and Secretariat. Darren Dalton, who was also in Red Dawn. Leif Garrett, who was the best-known actor at this time. So, there were four actors from our first movie in Red Dawn, Red Dawn, that appeared in this movie. I named three of them. Can you name the fourth one? Ooh, no, I can't. Okay, William Smith. He plays the store clerk at the end of the movie that gets robbed. Oh, he okay. Is, he's the, the Russian commando leader in Red Dawn, who brings in the parade and talks about wolverines and everything. Yeah, Jen was positive she knew that guy from somewhere, and, and he had a very Clark, Clark Kent mm-hmm. look to him, so that's not where she knew him from, but... Yes. Okay. So there is a director's cut uh, with 22 additional minutes of footage that is more faithful to the book. So Judd Nelson was considered for the role of Dallas. Timothy Hutton was considered for the role of Ponyboy. Scott Bayo was considered for the role for Johnny. And I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed, because Scott Bayo is... He's an American icon. He is one of those grand actors that could just do about anything. Do you know why? Uh, because God's on his side? No, he had to pretend that he was in love with Aaron Moran in a few days. <laughs> That's pretty good. She, she, she did not age well. No. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker turned down uh, the offer to play Cherry, which was a wise move because she went on to win the 1985 Preakness, but was almost put down after breaking her leg at the Belmont Stakes. But she ended up having a pretty good acting career. I was going to go with the secretary joke, but okay. All right. Tom Cruise got the script for Risky Business while he was shooting, and he asked Diane Lang to play Lana. Her father told him she was not going to play a whore, but she, so she had to wait until 2002 to play one opposite Richard Gere in Unfaithful. Okay, wait a second. So... Say her name again. Diane Lane. Lane, right? Lane. Lane. Okay. Okay. You have to keep in mind that for some reason, I can't hear myself through my headphones. I have to fart around with something on my iPad. I can hear you just fine, but everything that I'm hearing when I hear my voice, it just sounds very nasally. Well, it sounds that way to me, too. Okay. Thanks, man. (laughs) No, no, I I got this, uh, you know... You obviously live in Wisconsin. You've lived in Wisconsin your, your entire life. And as I mentioned earlier, I was down in West Virginia. And we had people from New York and people from West Virginia and, and people from Ohio there. And I was kind of the outlier because my accent is somewhat hard to place because it's this bastardized version of Wisconsin and Ohio over the course of like a 50-50 percentage. So I, I don't sound like I'm from Wisconsin, and I also don't sound like I'm from Ohio. So it's really hard for people to k- kind of figure out where that accent comes from. Oh, yes. I have a very scony accent, and I don't realize it, but I've had t- people tell me, you know, I'm not like, hey, there, you know, I got to go uh, shoot my turdy-turdy up in the woods and wash my hands in the zinc uh, and go, go have a couple two-tree beers. Yeah. I don't talk like that. I have uncles that... What I just said right there, that is mild compared to the way that they talk. It is like a half-breed of Flemish and English, and when they drink, you can't even understand what they're talking about. I mean, I brought friends up to deer camp with my uncles and my cousins up there, and they just think it's a riot. 
Uh, okay, so in this movie, there were three movements that amplified the oh shit factor in my young life. And we'll talk about all three of those moments. Uh, moments. It takes place in 1965 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Is that an 80s film? That's got to be late 80s. It's either late 80s or 90. Okay. I was in high school when I saw it. So the movie opens with Ponyboy Cordis, who's played by... Wait, 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 wait. You need... You've already mentioned it a little bit. You need to talk about... Did you see this in the theater? Oh, yes. Okay. No. Did you... This is the first time that you've seen this film. This is the, the first time I've seen the movie, and I did not read the book either. I did not read the book. I don't know if it was required reading or suggested reading in high school. It is required reading now. At least it is in the school district where my kids go. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if we rented this or if I saw it on HBO at my mom's house or at a friend's house. I don't know. But, you know, so obviously 83, it probably came out on video or, or in cable in 84, which would have made me 11. Like I said, there's a couple of moments in this movie that really stuck with me for a couple of weeks after I saw it. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure you, you covered that because I know that you, you talked about your personal connection to, to this film. And I know this is where when a lot of young women like yourselves kind of discover their sexuality was to this film. So I, I just wanted to give you that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, everybody's – the only one that's missing from it is Charlie Sheen. And they have like, you know – Emilio Estevez, which is kind of like dime store Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Very dime store Charlie Sheen. Yeah, so the movie starts out with Ponyboy Curtis, who's played by C. Thomas Howell. He's writing in a notebook, and he's writing cursive, which is a lost art. Do your kids write cursive? In, in my notes, cursive. Kids aren't taught that anymore. Mm-hmm. But let me step back for just, just a second. I do not have a, a ton of things to say about this movie, so I'm going to jump in when I have this and that. The first thing I saw was that it was an uh, American Zoetrope film, and I did not realize this was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And when it said it was directed by Francis Coppola, not Francis Ford Coppola, I thought maybe that was his son. But actually, okay. no, it actually was Francis Ford Coppola did that. And then, as you said, we... We are introduced to C. Thomas Howell as as Pony Boy, and I'm thinking, damn, Soul Man looks young. Oh, here. well, he was he was he he portrays somebody who is 14, but he's actually 16 when he made this film. And it, Ralph, Ralph Macchio portrays somebody who is 16, and he was 20. And the it it, it took me a while as they first show Pony Boy. I'm like, God, this this kid looks like someone and i could not place it for the longest time and even throughout the entire film i could not figure out who this reminds me of and then a day or a day two days after finishing the film i realized it have you ever seen robocop 2 yes he looks is the little kid who's like yes. the crime boss yeah the kid that's a crime boss dead ringer for yes. c thomas howell as pony boy okay do you ever think that sometimes you see, you see a movie, and you see an actor, and you think to yourself, 
okay, I bet they wanted to get this person, but they couldn't, so they went with this person instead. Yeah, yeah, certainly. They they find somebody that has very similar traits to the person that they wanted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so Ponyboy Curtis is writing in cursive, and the opening credits start, and we are introduced to the world's worst fucking theme song to a movie for this type of period piece. Upon the moment long ago One breath away and there you will be So young and carefree Again you will see That place That's in enough. time That's enough. So at, at this point, I'm thinking to myself, Matt is probably going right now, what the fuck? The Doug pick. <laughs> you know, for a couple films, this probably started about six weeks ago or so, when there was a identifiable theme song for a given movie. I think it was actually for Final Countdown that you asked me to do this, that we actually started playing the theme song for the movie as the bed underneath the introduction where we go through the cast and Rotten Tomatoes and budget and box office and all that stuff. And I had planned on pulling this, and Doug specifically said, I do not want you to use that there. <laughs> yeah, so it, whoever, if you didn't figure it out, that's Stevie Wonder. And it took me a second to figure that out. I think watching the credits, it was theme song by Stevie Wonder. I was like, oh, God. I mean, he was hot at this time. I'd have to imagine that I just called to say I love you came out right around there. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen, um, oh, what's the movie with John Cusack? High Fidelity? No, I have not. Oh, God. That is a classic. That's when he owns a record store. I know what it Jack, is. I just have never seen it. And Jack Black works there, and some guy comes in looking for a copy of that for his daughter for her birthday, and Jack Black just berates him. Jack Black, is is he like a guy that they made want to happen so bad that he was like a, a leading man for a hot second, but then they realized... He looks like Jack Black, and he cannot be a leading man. And it doesn't say he doesn't have talent. I mean, you look at Tenacious D, and a lot of the things he's done have been very entertaining. But he is not a. He does not have the face nor the stature to be a leading man. Yeah, his shtick wears out quite quickly. I think the movie I liked him best in was The Jackal, <laughs> where he gets blown away by Richard Gere. Oh no, Bruce Willis. Yeah, he gets his arm blown off with the yeah. uh, fifty cal. I think right. Yeah, yeah. The gerbler is actually the other guy. The gerbler. <laughs> yeah, he's the good guy. He's 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 the ex-terrorist who's trying to hunt down the jackal. Right. Uh, okay, back to the movie. So during the credits, we get introduced to the greasers and the socias, which is short for socialites in the credits. So this takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What do you think the divide was with because you had the the, the socias that lived on one side of town and drove the really nice cars and were the preppies and had the high water pants and the nice sweaters and everything. And then you had the greasers. Do you think that this was like a mining operation or oil that, you know, the rich kids, their dads ran everything and the poor kids, their dads worked for the rich kids' dads? I think it probably was, do they own the livestock that they fuck, or are they just <laughs> work, like hands on the farm for the livestock they fuck? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's you know, you think of like a like a mining operation. It's you know, like a silver mine. 
Not like um, the operation in that's that movie where they get trapped underground. The 33? Oh, yeah. Or Daylight. Um, but that's different. But yeah. Yes. But if I mean, in 33, one of those guys, they're trapped underground for two months. Isn't that the one where, because that was based on a true story, and yes. the, the one guy had both a wife and a girlfriend. <laughs> and they was both showed up. Yeah, yeah, they both showed up. I mean, I have a hard enough time doing three hours here with you. I couldn't imagine being trapped for two months with you underneath the ground, two miles down. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Anyways, so I was just kind of curious. I bet in the book they probably go over that a little bit more. Um, but we're now we're, we've got... Uh, Pony Boy running with Johnny, who's played by Ralph Macchio. They're walking down the street, and the actually op- the opening scene from this movie, I actually watched it on YouTube from the the supercut, the twenty two extra minutes, is Pony Boy actually getting chased by a bunch of socials through the streets and through this alley, and they tackle him and beat the shit out of him, and actually take a switchblade and cut him on his throat. And you is that see- what that thing is on his neck? Yes, you can see it later on, and it's it's rather fresh. Yeah, well, they have, there's that, which apparently they, they never actually explain what it is, but I wondered what that was, because that is there, the entire film. And then there's the cut that Ralph Macchio's character Johnny has that they explain is from the rings, and but they say that that happened like two months ago. Is he like a really, really slow healer? He's like the anti-Wolverine. Maybe he's just one of those kids that constantly picks the scab off and it reopens the wound. That could be it. Yeah. So they run into Dallas, who's played by Matt Dillon, and he he takes a, a pack of cigarettes out of his pocket, pulls one out, and just throws the empty pack in the street. I'm like, where's the crying Indian? Where's the crying Indian? <laughs> and nobody has a lighter in this movie. Not a single person carries a lighter. Uh, no, 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 no. That's not correct. Okay. Because later... I think it's when they're at the hospital and the the guy is – one of the guys is actually berating – Oh, the fat man. He, he's berating Pony Boy for smoking even though he's smoking himself. Yes, yeah. But at that point, he has a Zippo lighter. And I did not understand where he got a Zippo lighter from because one of the big things is the lighting of the self-strikeable matches that, that happens throughout the film. Yeah. I mean Dallas is constantly – it's on a zipper or it's on something else that he's lighting those – those wooden matches, the kitchen matches. Remember the right. kitchen matches? Safety matches, I think. Or, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're cruising around, they're walking around, and they come up to a diner, and they watch two guys fighting until they both pull out knives, and then the cops show up instantly. And they bail, and then they go to the gas station, and that's where we meet um, Steve, who's played by Tom Cruise, and Soda Pop, who's played by Rob Lowe. Right. They're talking to them. I can't even remember the conversation that they have. Something about windshield wipers? Or... I don't know. It's, I, I'm not sure. But then they come up you know, upon some kids around some abandoned buildings who are playing cards. And Matt Dillon's character, he's like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, He picks up the cards. He's like, you guys ever play 52 pickup? And the, and the kids are like, yeah. And then he does the 52 pickup. And then he's, they're like, ah, and they chase him. And, of course, you know, they're just messing with the kids. They're not going to beat up these kids. Right. But do you remember being a little kid and having older boys fuck with you like that? Sure. And you you didn't know that they were going to do that. Right, yeah. You didn't know that you weren't going to get your ass beat. Yeah, you did not know that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and Johnny's character in this scene and actually throughout the entire film just looks dirty. He's always dirty. Yeah. Well, 
it doesn't help that he already has a dark complexion and that his hair is naturally dark. And then also with the grease in it. But yeah, you're right. He always looks dirty. But I remember an instance where I was a kid and every winter, I don't know, for three or four years, we would go up to the UP uh, with my family to go skiing. And there was a family at Kettle Moraine that they were big time downhill skiers and big time water skiers. And every year they would organize this big ski trip up to the UP. And there was this old high school that you could rent and it was like dormitories. And they would organize this big trip and then go stay at this high school. And there's a basketball court and all these rooms. And I mean, they would bring up 50 or 60 people on buses. Can you imagine the fucking that went on with all these high school kids with no parental supervision except for one family? Well, uh, you, but, you you did. I mean, I was never a big downhill skier. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't have the equipment or the money or the friends. So I only went skiing probably like three, four times in, in high school, if that. But weren't you like one of the people that always went to Michigan with a bunch of people, some of which briefly went to on the canoeing trip? It was like an annual thing, I thought. I went once, but let me finish my story. Sure. So my sister wanted to go see her friends at this high school. And my dad's like, okay, so we, you know, packed up the family truckster because we weren't far away from whatever cabin we were staying in and we went to this high school because we knew this family that organized it. And a bunch of the dudes that my sister knew, when I came in there, they were like, oh, this is my little brother. And they grabbed me, like five or six of them, and I'm 10 or 11 years old, and they're like, swirly, swirly, swirly. Well, I knew what a swirly was. You know, it's where you stick somebody's head in the toilet and then flush it. And they were, I mean, they were busting into the the stall, and I was shitting the brick, thinking that these older, grown-ass men were going to give me a swirly. And then my sister came in, and she's like, okay, you guys, knock it off. And they put me down, but I was I was shaken. So they but never yeah, gave you a swirly? I never got a swirly, no. So they, they just fingered your asshole? Yes, they did. Okay. <laughs> there was a glory hole there, but I, I didn't do that. <laughs> of course not. But no, when I was 16, one of my buddies was like, hey, there's, you know, some of us that are going to go up to Michigan, and my mom rented this condo, so there was six of us that went, and we had this condo rented, 16 years old, and we had a case of vodka, a case of eggnog, and like five cases of pizza that were all all stolen from the pick and save grocery store that one of them worked at. And yeah, we drove okay. up all. I know all who drove, one person that was there now. <laughs> yeah, we drove up in this in my suburban, you know, just drinking and smoking weed, and there is no way that I would allow my sixteen year old kid to do that with five of his buddies. My dad was just like, "Yeah, that's fine." I mean, he even called the school and was just like, "Yeah, Doug's not going to be there for a couple of days. He's going on a family vacation." Yeah, the, I I don't know if it is a time thing, but. And this actually ties back into Back to the Future last week where at the end of the movie in the new uh, reality where Lorraine and George are aware that Marty is going to go up to the cabin with Jennifer. And I, I like to think I am a not a cool parent, but I am a liberal parent, at least when it comes to certain things other than politics. But it, I, I, I like to think that I would give my kids leeway about what they can do. And there's no fucking way that I would let them do an overnight camping trip with just a girl. I I don't know 
if I would let if there was like a group of people, if I let them do that, I probably would. But I, I just I can't imagine that. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, it's even sending my 11 year old off to go sleep over at a buddy's house tonight um, with a single mom. It's you know, there's there's a there's a hint of nervousness there because he's not a great sleeper. He gets he, he gets a little bit of anxiety sleeping over at somebody's house. And she allows her kid to stay up until like midnight on school nights. So we had to have a talk with her uh, or my missus had to talk with her when she dropped him off. It's like, hey, we understand that you let Kay stay up super late, but our boy is a complete shit show if he doesn't get to bed before 10 o'clock on a weekend. So can you just play it cool? So we're just keeping our fingers crossed because, yeah, tomorrow will be completely ruined if he's a hot mess. So did you, you said that. Your wife dropped him off. You didn't. Yeah, because she so, wanted to. Have, she wanted to have the conversation. Okay. Have you Have you ever met her? Oh yeah, many times. Okay. So, how how many of your kids' friends have single moms? That's it. That's the that, only one. That's it. That's the only one. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I, I'm just wondering. It's like, did you ever kind of get? And since it's a sample size of one, it's probably much less likely, but you kind of get that whole, you know, she's a little lonely, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we'll have the kids play downstairs, maybe you can come help me, you know, fix the cable type thing. No, no, I would run. <laughs> she's a very nice lady, I'll leave it at that. No, Okay, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've run into that once, but that's okay. a story for a different time. Please continue right. about the movie. Okay, so they sneak in under the fence at the drive-in theater. Um, and we see different shots of kids rolling in their vehicles, kids parking and popping out of the trunks. Uh, you ever do that? Not that, no. I mean, the closest equivalent to that would have been going to a movie at like a 10, 10 theater cineplex. And when movie A is done, then just walking over and going into a different theater and watching movie B. And I did that oh, multiple would- times. I did that with you. I think we saw four movies in a row one one Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that that does not surprise me. There's multiple times that we did that. Uh huh. And it's wrong. Yes. But I think of all the money that I spend at movie theaters now. You know, just for me, just for me to go see a movie by myself is a forty dollar venture. Once you get into the popcorn and soda, so I'm I'm making up for it. I'm feeding the beast. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's, one time we went to a drive-in theater, and our friend Dave rode in the trunk, and he got out, and, and that was right at the point where they started going from the little boxes on the post that had the speaker to where you would feed it in through your AM radio. Yeah, the modulator. Yeah, and the dude that we went with, he's like, I don't have an AM radio, and he had to rewire his stereo in his car. So we could get AM radio and see Star Trek The um, Final Frontier. It was a twofer. It was the first movie was Major League and the second one was Star Trek The Final Frontier. Five. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they walk past a car where this gal is arguing with her boyfriend. We find out it's later Cherry, played by the delicious Diane Lane. Sorry, I couldn't let and that go. She's arguing with him over the fact that he's drinking alcohol, and so she comes and sits down. They've got the wait, 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 wait. She says something about, "I told you you can't do that." What was he trying to do? Drink. I think it's, it all had because it comes up later on. 
oh, it's just drinking. That's yeah. really, really boring. I thought it was like, you know, he's trying to. Yeah, okay, fine. Go ahead. Over the river and through the woods <laughs> to Diane's house we go. <laughs> but it is Leaf Garrett, and Leaf yes. Garrett is drinking booze, so Art is imitating life here. Yes. He's still alive, too. For some reason, I thought he was dead. Oh, I, I, think, I would have bet cash money that he was dead. But I think, is that Donna, Danny Bonaducci who's dead, or is he still alive? Bonaducci is still alive. Well, who's the one that just died then? Uh, the other partridge. The, the good-looking one. Um, Susan Day? I saw Susan Day live in person in Las Vegas. She, she opened up for Rich Little. Wow. <laughs> I know. Wow. Oh, yeah. My dad, yeah. And we were all over the place tonight. But, yeah, no, we went. We were in, in Vegas, my dad and my brother and I. And he took us to a show. And, yeah, Susan Day singing, opening up for Rich Little. And we oh, yeah. had, like, front row seats because my dad handed the maitre d' a $50 bill. Of course he did. All right, so I got a random question for you. Completely <laughs> random, but. Okay. When was the last time you saw real, in-person, non-paid-for nudity Outside of your wife. Real? Oh, God. I would have to I would have to say I went and saw Poison and Warrant and Firehouse at the Marcus Amphitheater. I was in my mid to upper 20s, and I saw chicks up on their boyfriend's shoulders flashing their boobs okay okay that's that's legit that's legit i'm trying to think if there's any other time <sighs> not not paid for <laughs> well that removes strip clubs so like if you go to a bachelor party or something like that yes yourself so mine is actually much more real if you will i, I was out walking the dog <laughs> okay and as I've mentioned before, there is a bar in, in just outside my neighborhood, and there's a little strip mall that's attached to the subdivision I live in, and they have this patio. And, you know, people – my dog, you've, you've seen pictures of my dog. My dog is awesome. And, yes. and you know, people run out because they want to pet him. And this girl came out, and she was, you know, in my dog's short, which is beneficial to me. And she was petting the dog, and she had this tank top on and no bra and so it was like it was just all there, and I'm like, God bless this dog. It was it was like did, the coolest thing that's happened to me in the last year. Did you have sunglasses on? Oh yeah, always. Oh, so it, so it wasn't like staring at the sun and looking away right away. You could you could do a full deep dive. <laughs> and, and the funny part of it was, is the guy that she was with is a guy who used to live in this neighborhood, but he got divorced, and it was his new girlfriend. <laughs> okay, all right. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything more recent. Uh, you know, because we've never seen boobs on the river. Which I honestly, the first year I went up there, I would have bet money that that would that would have happened, and it wouldn't have happened like rarely. It would have been almost a common occurrence because you you see people become just a shit show on the river, but it's usually guys that are shit show. But even when the girls are a shit show, we've seen canoes float past us with people just passed out and it's a single person in a canoe and they're passed out and the the boat is just floating down the river. Yes. Yeah. It's like, should we do something there? And it's like, uh, you know, you don't want to get accused of being hands on, so to speak. Yeah. 
No, but we've I've never seen that in in all the years we've been up there, and that amazes me. And honestly, I think that the time that I do see it, that's going to be a mic drop moment where I will just jump out of the boat and say, "I'm done." I will walk home. I'll walk mm-hmm. all the way back to Ohio, and I'll never come back <laughs> because I'm that's done. It. I'm out. Show's over, folks. Thanks. I'm gonna pull a Costanza. Try the pork chops. Uh, so there's like common man seating at this drive-in theater where if you don't have a car, you can go sit in these just, you know, like, not bleachers, but just rows of seats. Right. And uh, you've got Dallas and Ponyboy and Johnny sitting there, and Cherry shows up. Well, it's Sherry, but her name is Cherry because that's what her friends call her because she has red hair. With her girlfriend. Do you know who the girlfriend is? No. Okay, she is. She plays um, the girlfriend, the nerd girlfriend of Lewis. Not Lewis. Who's the other nerd in Revenge of the Nerds? The one played by the dude from the ER. Uh, the one by Anthony Edwards. It's, yes. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his. So that's his girlfriend, the nerd girlfriend that, that um, Booger says, why, does she have a penis? He says, she's not that kind of girl, Booger. Why, does she have a penis? That's her. That's so. That's Why, does she have a penis? <laughs> that's Cherry's That's Cherry's pal that okay. she's sitting there with. And Dallas starts moving in on Cherry. And he, at first, she's kind of into it. A little bit. She's smiling. She thinks it's pretty cool that she's getting hit on by this tough guy. And then he falls out of his chair. And that was real. That was not part of the script. He actually fell out of the chair. The laughter that you saw from the other characters was was real because he. But he played it off so well because he popped back up. And then the thing that pissed her off was this. Are you a real redhead? Huh? Come on, Dad. Are you real? That's him falling. <laughs> How can I find out if this is your your, your real red hair? Oh, cut it out. If this is the same red hair that you have on your uh, your your these eyebrows too, is it? Cut it out, Dale. Get your feet off my chair and shut your trap. Who's gonna make me, huh? I'm gonna get a coat. Who, your boyfriend? Leave her alone, Dal. That's a good one, Just got out of some jail or something. Sure, whatever you say, honey. You better leave us alone or I'll call the cops. Oh, my, my. You got me scared to death. What am am I gonna do now, Pony? Huh? (laughs) This girl's making me shake. Why don't you leave us alone? Be nice and leave us alone. I'm never nice. Can I uh, interest you in a Coca-Cola or a 7 up? Get lost, Hood! Yeah, the tension between them is real. Apparently on set, they did not care for each other. But as the movie was wrapping up, they became friends and still remain friends to this day. Yeah. I am shocked you didn't do a Hood rap drop here. <laughs> that, that bit got played. <laughs> long ago I'm not going to pull out the hood rat anymore so yeah he basically asks if the curtains match the rug the curtain, ma- curtain matches the drapes that's what it is yes so um, and then we see we, we're introduced to 2-Bit 
who is played by Emilio Estevez, he's wasted. He's stumbling around, getting in people's faces. Lifting up and, skirts. Yeah, lifting up skirts. Exposing um, those huge-ass panties. Yeah. And Cherry, you know, D- Dallas by this time has left to go get some sodas. And Cherry asks Pony Boy, hey, you know, aren't you Soda Pop's brother, who's played by Rob Lowe? I haven't seen him around. And he explains, oh, he dropped out of school after my parents died. So he's obviously working uh, to try and keep a roof over their head. Dallas right. comes back, uh, sits down, gives a soda to Cherry. He lights up a heater by doing the whole the zipper trick with this kitchen match, and she throws the soda in his face. Right. And, you know, this whole time, Dallas has kind of got this rapey vibe. And of all people, Johnny, played by Ralph Macchio, tells Dallas to knock it off. He stands up to him. And Dallas does not like it one bit. Oh, no. He's not a guy that's used to being questioned. Yes. So he leaves. Um, some dude named Tim comes looking for Dallas and says, I'm looking for Dallas. Have you seen him? And, and Pony Boy's like, kind of like shaking, do that, doing the head shake and kind of waking his eyes to everybody else to say, no, no, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him because apparently Dallas slashed Tim's tires. Right. Tim, Tim, Tim is like the leader of a, not a rival gang, but another group of greasers. Yeah, but they actually later come together in a grease, greaser, like, super group. Yes, they do. <laughs> when, when they fight the Soches. But there, for me, having never seen this movie before, you have Dallas, who's referred to as Dally. Mm-hmm. You have Daryl, who's referred to as Derry. Yes. And it was kind of like, which fucking guy are they talking about? And eventually I did figure it out, but Tim is looking for Dally. He's looking for Dallas. And they, I I think it's a two bit asks if Dallas has a blade. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they say no. And he goes, that's good. That's good. Because Tim, Tim fights fair. Right. And then there's this clip that I'm going to play that is kind of, it, it, talks to how life is seen, at least from the greaser side of things. Yeah, if he gets killed or something, you just bury him, no sweat. Even though that's said by a soch, that's kind of how it's viewed a little bit. Yeah, just the greasers don't mean much in society. Right. One goes missing or, or one goes away, that's okay. And then um, Cherry... Um, actually, yeah. Before that, uh, Two Bit offers the girls some chew. <laughs> some, and it's not big league chew. It's it looks like it's a bag of Red Man. You ever you ever chew Red Man? Ugh. Ugh. I tried it a couple of times. It's so disgusting. Well, I mean, all chewing is gross. I, I for a, for a long time, I loved to chew. And when's the last time that you had a dip? Oh, it's been probably twenty years. Really, that long? So I had. The last time I had a dip was the day before my first was born. And after that, you know, I was just like, That's, I don't need to be doing this anymore. And it was kind of one of those things where I was just, I didn't chew a lot like some people did, where they would go through a can and a half or two cans a day. Oh, it come was on. Kind let's, of, let's, let's, let's use the right vernacular here. A tin a day. A tin. Okay. I, it was, you know, I would have one midday and then I would kind of have one at the end of the day to reward myself. What did they call bandits? Yes. I, I loved bandits because you didn't get all the mess in your teeth and stuff. 
Oh, it would, but those would give me the hiccups for some reason. I don't know why. I get such bad hiccups when I chew the bandits. But I got so used to chewing that I'd put in like a fresh dip, and as I reach into my lip with my finger, just like I used to, it's like uh, it, it's almost second nature. Even though it's been so long, I remember how to do it. Oh, sure. And I'd put in a new dip, and then I'd you know spit for like a minute or so, and then after that, I was I was good. I did not have to spit. And then you'd gut it. Yeah, I'd gut it, which, which is so fucking terrible Ugh. for your body. That's, that'll give you pancreatic cancer right there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah. I mean, what, have, what was your go-to? What was your go-to? I started off with Kodiak. Yeah. And then switched to Skull, and I bounced back and forth between wintergreen and mint and sometimes cherry. No, I love cherry Skull. Yeah. When I, I, never, I, teach... I, could never, I couldn't do the Copenhagen. Oh, no. I, Copenhagen was too loose and sandy. Yeah. Yeah. Can never get like a good thing. I I started with Kodiak and Kodiak would honestly if I got done with this podcast and I drove to the gas station and I bought a tin of Kodiak, assuming they still make it, which they probably do. And, and it costs like it costs you like eighteen bucks. But if I put in a, a chew, it would probably knock me on my ass. Oh, yeah. So, Just the buzz you get with the first time you put in a chew. Do you remember they unreal. Used- do you remember the rumor that they said that they would put pieces of fiberglass, fiberglass sure. in the Kodiak to, to yeah. open up your lip to get you more addicted to it? Yeah, because it opens up the blood vessels, so it's going yes. directly into your... Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Do you have chew dreams? No, I, I, I have teeth loss dreams. That those, are, those are bad. Those are bad. That are tied to chewing, and it, it's all about the chewing thing. Okay. And, you know, I never, by my parents, got caught chewing... I got caught in high school several times, even though it never stuck somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about that some on this podcast. But I used to have on my bed, I had a, a headboard on my bed that had like almost like a bookshelf built into it. And I had a tin pyramid of Kodiak tins that had to be like 40 tins in it. And somehow my parents never knew that those tins came from me chewing. Well, maybe they just, it was one of those things that they knew that you did. And it was kind of one of those unwritten rules that we're just not going to say anything because if we say something, it, he's just going to do it more. No, not with my parents. That's not the way no? it was. Okay. No. Yeah, no, I have those chew dreams where I'm chewing. And it's now been 11 years since I've had a dip. But where I was chewing in my dream, and it just keeps on coming out, and, and I spit out the dip. And it just keeps on coming and coming and coming. And I wake up and there's a puddle of spit on my pillow. <laughs> Have you ever, and this is more of a Kodiak thing than anything, but accidentally swallowed and you get that I'm going to die pukey feeling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's like you, you can do one of two things. You can just kind of ride it out for like five minutes and then you're fine. Or you can throw up and you're fine. You can do it either way. Yeah. But that feeling is... So awful. Like if you if you swallow that first bit of Kodiak, that it's like, yeah. And no, I remember. I remember when I first started chewing. When I was introduced to it, when I was sixteen, I just wanted to chew all the time, and I wanted to be like, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to chew, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to chew. And I remember going into the bank with a dip in my mouth, without a spit bottle or anything. And I get in there, and I'm doing my transaction and whatever it is that I'm doing, and all of a sudden realizing that I have to talk to this lady. And I got a spit. And on either side of me 
was trash can. No, not a trash can. An ashtray. One of those like you know <laughs> tall circular ashtrays. And right in front of this lady, I'm just like just kind of looking at her and getting nervous and just <laughs> spit into these ashtrays. This big pile of shoe spit in there. It was like okay, thank you very much. And at that point, it was like okay, I can't be. I can't do that anymore. I can't. I can't be so obtuse when it comes to chewing. I used to chew all day, every day. Yeah. Like you put in a chew in the morning and then you would never take it out. You just feed the chew. You just got keep on adding to it. Yeah. Yeah, You'd add to it throughout the day and then you'd, you'd get rid of it for lunch. (laughs) And then you get done with your lunch. You probably have like a post lunch heater and then you throw in another dip and then you just ride out the rest of the day. When I, when I used to teach software, I would, I would teach in two day after day, eight hour sessions, and I would have a tune the entire time. And just got it the whole time. I got it at the entire time. That was Cherry Skull. I yeah, love I know dude, Cherry Skull. I know a dude that would take the chew out of his mouth, put it in his tin, <laughs> and then later on open it up and take that chew and put it back in there because it still had some flavor to it or something. I don't know. But so anyway. which thing is Jen going to think is more disgusting? The chew talk that we just went through or me – Getting paid a million dollars for a guy to shit in my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's learning an awful lot about you. All right, let's get back to the movie. Okay. All right. So, Cherry and Dallas, or Cherry and Pony, they go to the concession stands and they're talking about, you know. Let's all go to the lobby. Yes. <laughs> and and Cherry's, Cherry's explaining to Pony that, oh, yeah, Socha's, we have it pretty hard too. And I'm thinking to myself, really? Look at you. These, these poor greasers who live in shit houses and you're driving a brand new Stingray. This is very. This is one of two things that really remind me of Breakfast Club. Oh, yes. Sure and does. It, it, when the Anthony Michael Hall character is talking to the Claire character played by the redhead. Molly Ringwald. Thank you. Another, red, another redhead. And, and she's talking about how it's not easy for them either. And she has a point. It is a thin point, but it, that it totally this and there's another part that's coming up in probably about twenty minutes where it's like almost word for word things that are lifted out of this movie or this book that go into the Breakfast Club. Okay. All right. Oh, actually, so, it's the next thing. I'm sorry. All right. Plus, <laughs> she says, "If I see you in school and don't say hi, don't take it personal." So, movie's over, and <laughs> no, not this movie, no, the, the movie that they're watching, which I think is like, what, what Beach, Beach what, Blanket Bingo. Yeah, one of the theaters is closed for repairs, and the mm-hmm. other one is, yeah, Beach Blanket Bingo. Um, and so, Cherry and her friend are walking with Johnny, Tubit, and Pony, and it looks like Cherry is smuggling some raisins in her sweater. <laughs> She's a little cold. It's uh, right out of the deep. Yes. And Bob and Randy show up and they are wasted. And and Bob is played by Leif Garrett and Randy is played by Darren Dalton. And they pull up in their Mustang and immediately two bit Milo Estevez smashes a bottle on the chain link fence, hands it to Pony Boy, and he pulls out a switchblade. And they are ready to go. Right. And Jerry's like, Nope, nope, I'll go with them. And all the while, 
Johnny is looking at Leaf Garrett, looking at the rings on his fingers. Yeah, because that he it had been brought up earlier that the cut on his face is from some guy with rings. Yes, and he's drinking out of this. Leaf Garrett is drinking out of this like circular flask, and he is he's he's raring to go. But as soon as Cherry's like, nope, nope, I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna. Go, she's trying to de-escalate things. He has this shit-eating grin on his face, like, yeah, Asocia's just won again. There's no way that you greasers can keep up with us and compete. We're always going to win. Right. And I almost pulled uh, a Titanic clip here where it is uh, Billy Zane's character where he's talking to Jack. And he's like, I always win in the end, one way or another. And it's, it's kind of how I saw it. But Cherry says something about Dallas that I thought was really a Chekhov's gun here. I hope I never see Dallas Winston again. If I do, I'd probably fall in love with him. Yeah. Can you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? And yeah. maybe in the director's cut, this actually goes anywhere? Right. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure it does. I'm not going to find out, but it does not in this film. <laughs> and that's when she says to Ponyboy... If I see you in school and I don't say hi, don't take it personal. Yeah, and that is a, a thing in the Breakfast Club where they're talking about when they're all sitting around getting high. And Claire, played by Molly Ringwald, is, is she's being honest. And she's saying, no, if, if you come up to me, I might say hi to you, but I'm just going to laugh about it afterwards. And that's where Judd Nelson's character says, why do you have to be such a bitch all the time? And she says, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, so, what do you what do you think about the Breakfast Club? Just because we don't have enough asides in this podcast already. So what what did you think of the Breakfast Club? Oh, I liked it. I, what year was that? 84, 85? Uh, it's probably 85, 86. Yeah. So I saw that in the theater, you know, so that would have made me, you know, 12 or 13 or 14. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. It's, it's really good. And I, I think it actually is realistic to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't know if the clicks play out like that anymore. Maybe in a smaller high school, but the, you know, the high school that my boys go to, you know, they're going to have six hundred kids in their graduating class. You yeah. just don't know everybody. Whereas when we went to high school in my class, I knew who everybody was, and there were certain no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Sure, I did. No, you did I mean, not. I mean, I wasn't friends with everybody. No, but you I did see. not know who everybody was. If you go through your yearbook and you look at the class of 1991, mm-hmm. you will not know every person in there. There will be people you will go, who the fuck is this person? No, I don't think so. I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? For housekeeping next week, I'm going to do that and I'm going to prove you wrong, Matt. No. Okay. If you're going to do that, find the person that is in the yearbook that you were a junior, so it had been the class of 1990s senior yearbook, uh-huh. that actually did not attend Kettle Marine. <laughs> okay. There is one girl who was friends with people. I believe she went to Arrowhead and actually was in Kettle Moraine's 1990 yearbook. Okay. Well, I'll take – and she was in my graduating class. or should No, have she was in my graduating class. Oh, well, I don't know. Then I'm not going to know everybody in your class, but, you know. I, okay, I knew 98% of the people in my class. See, now you move those goalposts, Doug. Okay, yes. I'm like a politician. <laughs> but uh, the the girl who ends up marrying the guy that whose name we can't remember from Revenge of the Nerds uh, gave 2-Bit her phone number. Is that right? Yeah. So it's Lewis and... Clark? No. <laughs> 
No. Um, oh, Just keep going. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She gets. She gives two bit her phone number. Who's really? He's infatuated with Missy Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah. He the whole thing. I wonder if they had to pay, you know, to be able to wear that shirt or not. I suppose it's uh, you know it's Francis Ford Coppola, so he had enough. Yes. Cachet that he could do that. Yeah. So they go to Johnny's house and. Johnny's parents are just screaming at each other, and Johnny's like, I don't want to be here. Um, let's go come to the lot with me. So they go to this abandoned, empty lot, and they build a fire, and they are very chummy with each other. I mean, right on top of each other. Almost Brokeback Mountain-ish. Yeah, and, yeah it, and I was wondering, having never seen this movie before, if that was the direction it was going to go, and... If it had for the time that it was actually released, that would have been very surprising. Gilbert, by the way. Revenge Gilbert. Of the there you go. I was just going to look it up. You beat me to it. Lewis and Gilbert. Yeah. and uh, But Ponyboy talks about dreaming about the country. Not the yeah. USA, like the country. And he lives in fucking Oklahoma. So I, it's like the city and the country are not that different. Correct. Correct. But Johnny's saying, he's like, I can't take this anymore. I, w- I want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh because it's not meant to be funny. But uh, Pony Boy is dreaming about or thinking about his his parents and his parents being in this car. And what happens to the car? Gets smashed by a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they 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 fall asleep outside, and then yes, eventually Pony Boy wakes up and he goes home, and for the first time we see. I don't know, but guess who's back? Hit the wrong button. Back again. Swayze's back. There you go. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Yeah, baby, Patrick Swayze, who is Daryl, but everybody calls him Derry. And it's, he's sitting there on the chair reading the newspaper, and it's 2 a.m., and he is pissed off that Pony Boy comes in, and, you know, because he's kind of, now he's the matriarch of the family. He's, what do you think? Patriarch. Yes. Okay. Can we, can we go back and edit that so I don't sound like a complete fucking idiot? Did I say matriarch? Yeah, Yeah, you said matriarch. No, I am not cutting that out. (laughs) Patriarch. He's the patriarch of the family. Anyway, please continue. What do you think he is? 19, 20? Oh, at that point, he's probably 30. In the movie. Oh, in the movie? Yes. Yeah, he's probably 20. I'd say 20. Yeah. And he's... um, And Soda Pop, played by Rob Lowe, tries to stick up for Pony. And Derry is having no part of it. And he pushes Pony Boy. Yeah, he, he throws him to the ground, and then Pony Boy runs away. And at this point, I think it was the first time as I'm watching this film that I realized that as, as someone who's never seen this film before, you see the movie poster or the cover of the DVD box or whatever you want to call it, and you see Swayze, Cruz, Lowe, Estevez. You see all of these people, and you think that those are going to be the frontline characters. And it's at this point I start to realize, no, it's C. Thomas Howell and fucking Ralph Macchio uh-huh. that are the headliners of this film. Right. And Matt Dillon. And Matt Dillon, yes. Yes. They are the three main characters. Um, so, yeah, Derry shoves Ponyboy, 
He takes off and he runs to Johnny, who is under a bunch of newspapers right. trying to stay warm. And right there, I'm just like, hey, Johnny and Matt have something in common. They're both bums. <laughs> nice. Thank you. That's why I don't cut shit. You want me to. Yes. So they decide that they're going to walk to the park. And the socials are driving by in their Mustang. Wait, 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 one second. (laughs) I have to back this up just a second. So Pony Boy is crying. And did you see what type of cigarettes they're smoking? I know at one point Matt Dillon pulls out a pack of Cools. No, they are smoking Lucky Strikes. Mm. So... Well, when, when they're when they're later on, I'm going to bring that up later on when they're playing cards and they're mm-hmm. playing for for heaters. That those are filterless heaters. Yeah, those things will, will those are not good for 14 year old lungs. No, no. And at some point, it's brought up that Pony Boy's smoking a pack a day. Yeah, that's not good. And he said, he says like, oh, I got to give this up because I'm going out for track. <laughs> like he's uh, uh, John Travolta in Greece. Yes. Okay, but the Sosha's Mustang is driving by the park. Right. And then Johnny says to uh, to Pony Boy, hey, Pony Boy, you got a match? I found a butt. And again, I'm like, yeah, again, Matt has something in common with him. He's picking <laughs> shit up off the ground to eat or smoke. Okay. Didn't you have a guy that you grew up with that had a job and had money? And he would smoke his cigarettes down like two-thirds of the way and then flick them. And the other guys who didn't have jobs would fight for that butt. Okay. Very close. And I was actually going to bring that up. Um, so Bob Jansen. Yes. He would sit there and you know, you'd be out with a group of people and you'd be, you'd be having a heater and you get down to like the end of the heater and you just flick it away. And he would scurry off like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd go pick it up. And he would be re- relighting like old heaters that had – quarter inch maybe a half inch beyond the filter and he worked he he had a job almost the entire time i knew him it's just he always was such a cheap fucker that he would do whatever and he he was the guy who would you know basically pick up other people's butts that they had flicked out Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of there are guys, and there are guys that you know, and this is probably actually even more common now than it used to be, that they do not smoke. And they talk shit about people that do, that I'll have a heater now and then, whenever it happens to be. But, you know, they'll be out drinking, and they'll be sitting around a campfire or whatever, and they will be the first person that will bomb a heater from you. Yes. Yeah. So. No, I can't think of anybody now that does that, but I do remember in my earlier, in my 20s and early 30s, yeah, there would be guys that do that. Now it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, they, they'll bum a heater and it's, and it's not that big of a deal. Anyways, so. I I thought that it was, is awfully windy at this park. (laughs) Oh yes, very windy. But the socials show up and they're looking to exact a little bit of revenge for kind of semi humiliating them they're drunk right yeah definitely johnny sees the rings on the dude and he even says the the pony boy he's like that's the guy with the rings that's the guy with the rings and it's leaf garrett and he throws good booze on johnny a waste of good booze that's alcohol abuse i'm sorry we used to go there used to be a guy that he had house parties all the time he lived in wales 
Uh, his house was kind of up on a hill, and he was a short Italian guy. He's now a was it across from like a cornfield that I ran from the party? Yes, at his house when I got busted and fingered yeah. a chick next and, to the tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. And he, and he would walk around his house while he was having a party and pick up beer cans with like beer still in them. He'd be like, "Hey, hey, who cheated here? <laughs> who cheated? I supplied good beer, and here you are leaving it." Um, so yeah, they run off, Johnny and Pony Boy, but. Um, the socialists catch them, and they are dunking Pony Boy into this fountain over and over again. So, I mean, basically waterboarding him. And, and there's some old... really, really stellar, incredible acting going on in this scene. You think so? No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> but they're Much like the rest of the film, acting, not really good. It, well, what's the thing that Francis Ford Coppola does uh, that where they show a close-up of somebody and then whoever would be behind them several feet should be somewhat blurry, but it's all that's also clear, but the line be, between them is blurry? It's depth of focus. It can be done either practically or done as an optical effect. And okay. in this case, it's actually done as an optical effect. And that was the thing that I had in my notes that I'd never brought up was special visual effects by it's like what the fuck special visual effects are in this film there are a lot of them <laughs> yeah but so, yeah uh johnny has a switchblade mm-hmm. you want to talk about knives a little bit oh yeah go ahead talk about some knives okay now Kita, this is your silverware you see this is your fork and this is a knife that's not a knife that's a knife this is also a knife huh well i'll be on my way do you carry a knife around with you? No, I do not. Okay. I carry a small Swiss Army pocket knife in my mm-hmm. pocket pretty much everywhere I go. Right. When I'm on scouting events, I always wear these like really kick-ass tactical pants that have all kinds of cargo po- pockets. And then it has a little pocket on the side that I carry like a nice um, flip knife, like a real nice Kershaw that my missus got me for Christmas a couple of years ago. It's a badass knife. But I, okay. I use it who, who defined those as kick-ass shorts and badass knife? The kick-ass pants. I don't wear shorts. Okay, pants. But, Sorry. Yes, they're great. They're because they're they're made of ripstop material and they've got just a gazillion pockets for. Because when I go on a scouting event, I carry all kinds of shit. I carry a first aid kit in one pocket. I carry my glasses, a pen, a knife, a flashlight. I carry my little rope that. Um, all the scouts get a rope at one point. It's about three feet long, and it's, it's got red tape on one end and blue tape on the other. And it's their rope for practicing tying knots. I carry that, my wallet, my phone, some gum. I mean, I'm loaded down. I got like eight pounds of gear in my pants. So these pants are fucking awesome. Okay. But anyways, I always, you know, that's that's my scouting knife that I carry with me on scouting events. I don't carry a knife. I always carry a butt plug with me. Sure, sure. But I'm usually wearing it, so it's easier. And a cock ring? (laughs) Well, you know, if if it's a formal event, sure. Okay. All right. So Johnny is getting, or not Johnny, Pony Boy is getting drowned. And then we kind of have the POV shot where he's looking up, and then the water just turns red. And it's a really bad visual effect. Mm -hmm. It's like, really, you couldn't just take some, you know, cranberry sauce and pour it into the water. You had to make like this animated red blood go over the screen it kind of reminds me of at the beginning of a bond film where they have like the the gun barrel part mm-hmm. 
where mm-hmm. you know whoever's bond walks down and turns and shoots and then the blood just kind of does this thing down yes. it's it's shitty it's like that yeah but then it just goes to quiet and there's a a shot an overhead shot of the three of them of pony boy of johnny and then the boy leave garrett who was just killed my first question is why did all the socials leave did, i mean they just i mean your friend just got killed. Wouldn't you just, wouldn't you, I mean, obviously you're drunk. You don't want the cops to show up, but I, I, I think I mean, it's probably, you know, they, they don't want to have any kind of liability with it as far as them being part of it. And sure. th- they want to make sure that the guilty are punished, but they do not want to be seen as part of the guilty party. So, they want to remove themselves from the equation because there was a crime that was being committed before, sure, you know, Leaf Garrick's character Bob was, was killed, and I think that that's probably why, or they probably got scared. Sure. So yeah, this was. So I mentioned early on that th- there were three moments in this movie that really affected me as a young as a young boy watching this movie, and this is the first one. And Johnny says this. <laughs> I killed him. I killed that boy. Yeah. That, I don't know why that... I don't know if it was the first time that I'd seen somebody get killed this way. Um, but they don't show him get killed. No, no. But it's... It, it was. I still thought it was very, very effective... Done in a very effective way. Um, kind of the same way. Have you ever seen the movie Taps? I have. It's been a hot minute. And actually, that is one I'd like to see because that's uh, Timothy Hutton and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Sean Penn. Um, I think Giancarlo Esposito is in it. I think. No, I remember seeing Taps on Select TV. Yeah. That's, that, that's how long ago it was that I saw Taps. Yeah. And but there's a, there, there's a couple of people that get killed in that movie that kind of had the same effect on me the way this movie does. You know, for some reason, and this is a movie I wanted to do, but I couldn't do because it didn't fall in the 80s, is Taps has this weird association in my head with Escape from Alcatraz. That's 79? Yeah. Okay. And I love Escape from Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great movie. And it, it, I, I think it's probably because I they were probably on select TV about the same time, and that's why they stick in my head around the same thing. But isn't there a thing with like a, a rogue shooter in taps at the well at, at the end it's well there's the first kid to get killed in taps you know what i don't maybe we might be doing taps i don't want to talk about it that much okay but it, i mean it's been it's been a hot minute i saw taps a long time ago but i just you know, remember you, it you being say, impacted you, by it you say i've heard you say the last couple of podcasts a hot minute i think a hot minute means fast no hot minute means long time are you sure yeah, if not, I've been using it wrong my entire life. Okay, because I, I want to say, yeah, I saw that a hot minute ago. That, that, to me, that's the, that I, I associate this, the word hot with speed. You are actually right. Hot minute, an extremely short period of time. Fuck. So that really sucks. Yes. Man, fucked up. So. <laughs> All right, so, uh, you know, Pony Boy and Johnny cannot go to the cops. They know that for a fact. A couple of different reasons. One, 
Pony Boy will get sent to, even if they are found innocent. Yeah, they, he's going to get sent to like a, a not juvie home. but boys' home. Yeah, you know, foster parents, what have you, um, because Derry should not be watching. You know, I think Soda Pop is underage also, so it would affect him and Soda Pop. Um, but also, you know, the guilty are are, are the greasers are always going to be presumed guilty before you know, sure before innocent. So they go to Dallas, and Dallas is living upstairs above some bar. That, that was my question. Is this a house, or is this a bar? I'm not sure. Because it had, like, the neon bar yeah. signs that made me think it was a bar, but at the same time, it was possibly set up like a house. And then Johnny says something that is said by people that don't know what they're talking about. And I don't have the clip for it, but do you know what he says here? I wish I had a weed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I wish I had a weed. Yeah. But that was after John, he, Dallas gives Johnny a gun, which we never see again. We never see that gun again. Yeah, that's a Chekhov's non-gun. Yes. And, he t- and Dallas tells him where to go. He says, go catch the freight train at... He knows the exact time that this train is leaving. Like, Dallas is the utmost expert on train schedules in Tulsa, Oklahoma. See, in the director's cut of this film, there is a subplot where they talk about where Dallas has this hobby where he is all about trains. There are people that do that, that sit there and will pull over and film trains. I've I actually it. worked with someone that was like that. And he's like, oh, my God, I saw a blah, 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 blah type caboose yesterday. And the only type of caboose I'm really looking at bragging about is a completely different animal. Your 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 Mrs. Caboose. I can see that anytime. I'm talking about like something fresh. Okay. <laughs> Some fresh strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't. It doesn't mean I want to fuck it. I mean, yeah. I do, but I mean, I I just want to see it. Right. So yeah, he Dallas tells them, yeah, get on this train and go to this old church, and they do that. They hop the train and they get to this church, and when they get to the church, it's like a Disney movie. There's rabbits. Yeah, did did you see how long the train was? No, I didn't. It was not. like four cars long. Was it? It was the world's shortest train. <laughs> I mean, well, I could make a porn joke here. Anyway, continue. All right. There's so, but there's rabbits in the church. There's owls. There's birds. It's, yeah. At one point, there's a, a raccoon that's trying to get in. And they're like, "Was oh, that a monster?" <laughs> uh, so Johnny goes shopping. Before Pony Boy wakes up, and he comes back, and he's picked up a copy of Gone with the Wind. Right. And, like I said, I've never seen this film before. There's a couple things that stood out to me, and it was the cinematography, the way that this film is shot, the way that this film is framed. And it reminded me of two movies. It reminded me of Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz. Oh, there's there's a couple of really great scenes where you're like... Is this in a sound studio? Sound stage? Sound stage? Or is this real? Is this real? Are they really outside when they're filming this? Yeah, it, it just, the the way that this is shot, it does not look like it's shot in the 70s. It looks like it's shot in the 40s or the mm-hmm. 50s. Yeah, I have that in my notes as well. But, but got got him gone with the wind. Yes. And also some peroxide. Why did, why did he get peroxide? To bleach uh, Pony Boy's hair. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be looking for two greasers. Right. Do you know anybody that did this? Peroxide? No. 
Yeah, I remember. Yeah, actually, you do. I you did it. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, we mentioned him earlier on this podcast, or I did. Bob Jansen. Yeah, Bob Jansen did this. Okay. All right. I I I was blonde, so in the summer my hair would get really blonde. So I never had to do anything like that. But yeah, uh, so Johnny's going to give Pony Boy a haircut with a dull switchblade. Why would he have bought scissors? Uh, well, I'm I don't know if you could buy a pair of scissors in a grocery store back then. Did okay, so when you would go grocery shopping with your parents, where did you hang out with your parents, with your mom, or would you go to like the little toy section or to the books? Where would you go? I probably would kind of like do my own thing. Go, okay. you know, check out the local talent. You, you, when you're nine years old? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember being with my mom at Mc, McAdams in downtown Delafield. Not the McAdams that you got fired from. Uh, <laughs> the other one. Yeah. The other one. The yeah. very small store and being yes. very, very young and being at the little toy section that was probably, I don't know, eight feet wide in the cereal aisle. And I remember opening up toys and playing with them and then leaving the wrappers there and opening up the next toy. And when somebody would walk past me, I would close my eyes because that would make me invisible. Yeah. See, if, if I would have done that, I'd still be in jail. Oh, but my mom came and she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And instead of doing, you know, the thing that I would do now as a father, take all those toys, put them in the cart, take them to the manager and make an example of me and then pay for those toys. She's just, she's like, just leave them there. We're, we're just going to escape the store as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So then Pony Boy does it to Johnny, and he says to Johnny, Hertz Donut. You ever have a Hertz Donut? <laughs> no. No, you've never had a Hertz Donut? No. All right. So I, I had said to you, come, come, come armed with a couple of dad jokes, or a dad joke. Because that's something that I do with my boys. It's, hey, you want to hurt Stonut? And they learned very early on, no, they do not want to hurt Stonut. Or my favorite is, uh, Dad, I'm hungry. Hey, nice to meet you, hungry. I'm I'm Doug. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's not good, Doug. No, no. So do you have a dad joke? Yeah, sure. Ye- yesterday, I ate a clock. It was very time-consuming. Mm. All right. Especially so- when I went back for seconds. <laughs> okay. So, do you know why they call Darth Vader Lord Vader? No. Okay, because it probably would the stormtroopers would probably snicker if they called him Master Vader. <laughs> or so that's that's my dirty dad joke. My my clean dad joke is, and I tell this at every at every scout um, campfire that we have. Yesterday, I ate two cans of vegetable soup. Today, I had an enormous bowel movement. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to tell the, the, the brownie joke at a Cub what, Scout thing? What's the brownie joke? When does a Boy Scout become a Cub Scout? When he eats a brownie. When he eats his first brownie. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong, man. That's wrong. I didn't make it up. So, okay. So, they try and catch a rabbit. Yeah. Kind of like... Go ahead. It, it, what is, did you see any similarities just based on the rabbit to anything else? I did not. 
Not a uh, uh, George. I, I want to pet, pet the rabbits. Oh yeah, I suppose. And I I, I thought I thought it was weird that the rabbits were there and the rabbits were pointed out multiple times. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of course, it doesn't go anywhere, but yeah. So yeah, now they they show them playing cards and they are playing for filterless heaters. <laughs> so we, we we have a mutual friend. He comes canoeing with us, and his dad smoked Chesterfields, and. He had one brother and two sisters, so a house of six, and everybody in that house smoked. And it was okay with the parents. When I would go over to his house, there would just be a pack of Chesterfields lying out on the kitchen counter, and we would just sit in his kitchen and smoke Chesterfields. Those were the worst god-awful things I ever had. Did you ever... So here's kind of a weird question. You know, you, you grow up and you have this weird parent... Or sorry, child parent relationship, not with your parents, but with your your friends' parents, your friends' parents that you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get older, you become an adult, and you have if you ever have a relationship, you know these parents outside of you being a child. Have you ever had that? Oh sure. In fact, just yesterday I went I do pest control at their house, and I sit and chat with them for ten or fifteen minutes when I come, and then. So- uh, last week, my best friend, childhood friend growing up, we lived right next to each other. I spray his mouth, his house once a year. And it's, you know, so when I, when I was growing up, my mom and dad got divorced when I was seven going on eight. And my best friend's mom, we'll call her Sally, because that's mm-hmm. her name, just kind of became almost like a surrogate mother to me because I was over there all the time. And, and my dad was always working. So I wouldn't say that she raised me, but she, I saw her a lot. I was at their house a lot and she fed me a lot of food. And every time I go there, I'm like, no, you do not owe me anything. You don't, you don't. Because when I was a kid, you used to feed me you know, the Oscar Mayer bologna <laughs> with the little pieces of cheese in them. Remember that? Sure. On Wonder Bread with a slice of lettuce and Miracle Whip. And then she always had the cans of high C uh, fruit punch. that The actual cans that were like, I don't know, eight inches tall. So did you get and, the Ecto Cooler? No. No, but you had to use the, the, the can opener. The, the church the key? Yeah, the church key to, to get that out. And I remind her of this every time. I'm like, you do not owe me anything to do this service. I'm You're, you're a family member and I don't charge family. She always slips me a hundred dollar bill, no matter what, and I can't. She won't let me give it back, and you know it's it's kind of like it's one of those things where it's like you know it's a gift. How can you can't somebody's giving you a gift, you, you can't give that back, and, and I always feel bad, but you know I'm I'm kind of my my hands are kind of tied. I can't I can't not take it. Sure, no, I understand, and this is becoming a very Bob Jansen heavy podcast. <laughs> But, you know, Bob Jansen was in Colombia or Costa Rica or wherever the fuck he was. Panama. He was okay. And I'd, I'd come back. And this was when I was living in Ohio, but I was still working for a company based in Wisconsin. I'd come back and I knew that I was coming. This was the last time that I was coming back guaranteed, like on a monthly basis. And I stopped over there and I, I talked to his parents. His mom had, has since passed. But, you know, I remember sitting at like the table and talking to his parents and 
honestly, I probably had more in common with his parents at that point than I had with him. And, you know, I was, you know, having a heater with them and it was, it was weird because it had been probably, you know, 10, 15 years since the last time I'd seen them. But, you know, my trip back that time was, it was the last time I knew I was going to be back for an extended period of time. So I was kind of like saying my goodbyes to, to different things. And a lot of it was just concepts as much as it was actual people. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I saw them. And I remember when I got engaged, I actually had had called them or I don't think I called them. I think I might have. I had to have called them because I can't imagine email was around at that point. But they asked why I was getting married when I told them I was getting engaged, which I thought was funny. <laughs> My question here, though, I'm sorry. Do, 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 do. My question here, though, is I I understand based on what happens next. But at this point in the movie, my question is, how long have they been in this church? Has it been a week? Has it been a month? Has it been two months? But no. They've been four or five days. Yeah, I think when Dallas shows up, it's it's been four or five days that they've been. No, they said a week because he mentioned – because they – well, let's get we'll, we'll get to that. We're 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 jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah, but so my thought they're, is they're they're not in Frank here. They're, no. they're not hiding particularly well. And this is you talked about the raccoon, and in my notes it says it has a very wonderful world of Disney feel. Yes, I it. have that also. I have that. Do you know what song I was going with there? Uh, no, but you'll probably bring it up for housekeeping next week. Perhaps, okay. yeah. But they're they're outside and they're looking at the sunset, and this is where it's like out of the early color cinema. Are they doing this on a soundstage? Okay, so here, here's a great thing. So Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and you're gonna be like, where the fuck is he going with okay. <laughs> with this? I was so excited to see that film. Oh, and, yes. you know, it was written by a guy that went to Kettle Moraine. It mm-hmm. was written by a guy I have talked to personally. So this was a huge thing for me. I went to the, the first showing that it had. At what point in that film did you kind of have a, a uh-oh type feeling? Um, the the um, refrigerator. Okay, so you you were a little bit deeper in the film than I was. Okay, so the, well, you've mentioned this before, where you could tell the it break. Went from, yes, the break, and now I have to watch that to, to see that break. It went from being shot on location to being shot in a studio, and it's so obvious. And at that point, because the the shot that's with the shadow, with the putting the fedora on and pulling it down, it chills mm-hmm. up and down, and then that happens. It's like oh. Okay, back to the movie. All right. So, yeah, they're, they, they're watching this sunset, and that comes up later on also. And Pony Boy re- recites some Robert Frost poetry. Mm-hmm. Can you, re- do you can, off the top of your head, could you rattle off some poetry that would wow somebody? Oh, sure. And yeah. See, all I can come up with is, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, you got big tits, tits. I want to fuck you. That's about it. That's the best I can do right there. Hickory dickory dock. Yeah. Some chick was sucking my cock. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh! You can... Oh! I can't do any Robert Frost or... Okay. Name another poet. That... 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, it's like people that can quote like Nietzsche or, or something like that. Or I, I am not a big Shakespeare fan. I do not like Shakespeare. And I'm, I'm positive we've talked about this. I understand yeah. it is a skill to be able to write an iambic pentameter. I do not care. It does not entertain me. It is not a, a thing to me. Yeah, I've seen, you know, Shakespeare, my missus has brought this up, and we brought it up in an earlier podcast. It's not meant to be written. It's meant to be viewed by an audience. It's meant to be portrayed on a stage. And I've of seen, men. I've, I've seen Shakespeare live. Mm-hmm. Not the exact William Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen Shakespeare, a Shakespeare play performed, and I was like, this sucks. Have you ever been to the Globe? I'm not familiar with what that is. The Globe is, well, it is originally the theater that Shakespeare's plays were performed in in London, but they, it has been like rebuilt or restored or whatever, and they do plays there. Okay. That would mean I would have to have gone to London, which you, I have not. You've never been to London? I have not been to London, no. How is that possible, though? I don't know, man. I've been to mainland, you know, Europe several times, uh, but never to, I've, I've never been to another Anglo-Saxon country other than, well, Canada, I guess. So you remember when we were in, when we were in Europe, yes. we, we were probably within a mile and a half, two miles of France, and we did not go into France. Correct. And... That was actually what was it? Do you remember the name? No, of that? we went. No, 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 no. We, we did, did not go, go into France. No, we, we did not. Go into no, France. we did not. No, we did that's, not. That's where you got the plate of cheese and tomatoes. That was no, France. No, that was not France. Are we never sure? went into France because the place that we stayed that had like the amphitheater and it had the the Roman ruins that we went through that oh, were just that's, kind that of just there. But that was right across the border. From I mean, it was literally probably a mile or two miles from France, but sure. we never went into France. Sure. You ever want to go back? Would you like to go back with me? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would love to go back. And, See, I, and the I thing is, back. I travel my own way, and and we we travel together. We can travel together because mm-hmm. not I can travel other people's way, but not everybody can travel my way. If that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. Because so, we went with no fucking plan. No, we landed in Frankfurt with a road atlas. And a rental car, and was like, oh, "Big and, blue." And, and Rick and Rick and Rick the Rick Steves Bible. It's like, hey, which way do you want to go? Let's head this way. Yeah, we did. We did whatever we wanted for two weeks. Yes, we stayed wherever we ended up basically staying. And I can do that. My my, my wife can't do that. Oh, you know, if yeah, I told Jen, yeah. it's like, well, we're just gonna fly in. We're gonna have a car, or even worse, we're gonna have like a, a train pass, and we're gonna go where we're gonna go. Of course, it's a little bit different doing it when you're 50 versus when you're, you know, 27. Or actually, at that point, we probably were like 26, right. which is not that different. From but 27. I still, I still would not have a problem traveling that way today. No, I mean it was it was a fucking blast. Just because yeah, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have to adhere to an itinerary. The only thing we had was we had to be back for our flight out, and that was like kind of like the only thing. And when we talked about, it, we said the only thing that we basically set as this is what we have to do is we have to have a hotel in the city we're flying out of the night before we fly out, so that we don't miss our flight. Other than that, we, we're just kind of like do whatever for two weeks. Yeah. So. The only time that we had an issue it was when we were coming back from Berlin 
And it was a long drive from Berlin to wherever it was that we were going to go to next. And we could not find a place to stay. And I was getting very stressed out until we found this like kick-ass place on a lake. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Was that the one where it's like we actually pulled over to the side of the road? And because we had this, we had a van. I don't know yeah. why the fuck we had a van, but we had this <laughs> van and we called it Big Blue. And it was, it was stick. And, you know, we were on the Autobahn just burying the needle, <laughs> this minivan. And I think there's a picture of either me or you standing on top of Big Blue with that lake in the background. Maybe. Or you're sitting on top of it, I think. Okay. But that reminds me of the, um, in, Band of Brothers, it's one of the last episodes where they have that thing where it's that lake. I know it's not yes. that lake, but it reminds me of that. Right. I have a picture of you. I go, Matt, pretend you're doing I'm, I'm on top of the world from Titanic. <laughs> and you put your arms in the world, and I quick took out the camera and took a picture of you. <laughs> I may have to put that on the socials. No, but I mean, you think about, that was obviously 20, almost 30 years ago. Well, it and- was 99. Okay, so 22 years ago, 21 oh, no. years ago. No, 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 no. 97. 97. No, no, it was 99. It was 99. No. It was no, 99 I... because it was when um, Phantom Menace came out. No, you're right. It was because we came back and the f- we read the first reviews of the Phantom Menace in Berlin. And they actually had a, I still have it. There was a uh, ice cream treat that we bought at a castle that was one of the battle traits. <laughs> Yeah, we had to go to an internet cafe to look up the reviews of Phantom Menace. I think that was in Berlin. It was in Berlin. And we I remember you're like, yeah, I got a, I got a C score. And it's like, oh, really? No, I, then, I it was ahead. it was such a <laughs> I mean, I've I've been here. I've been that was actually honestly one of my favorite trips because it was just a blast from beginning to end because we never knew what the hell was going to happen yeah and we we just you know we're driving and we see these paragliders up in the air we're just like okay we're gonna go find them and we're gonna do what they're doing and we ended up staying in like their house that night we took a ski lift up the mountain found them started talking with them and said hey could you take us paragliding they're like sure they took us paragliding then they took us out for pizza and then we stayed in one of the dude's mom's house in her basement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we, we had no idea what was happening hour to hour, you know, did it. And <laughs> that trip taught me that you can snore so loud <laughs> that it wakes you up. And I don't remember if that was you or me. It could have been yeah. either. Anyway, so Dallas shows up to the <laughs> church. <laughs> and I thought he was going to fuck with them. Because he's yeah. kind of, you know, he's kind of peered in the windows, into the boarded up windows. But then basically all he does is he just comes in and just kind of wakes him up. And, and, and he goes, he, go, he goes, hey, hey, who's got a cancer stick? Did they call them that back then? Well, so I looked that up. So this movie takes place in 1965. The FDA put their first warning on packs of cigarettes in 1965. So I don't think at this point... They would be referred to as cancer sticks yet. Right. And Dallas has a letter from Soda Pop. And that letter says that he wished that they'd come back. Yes. That Derry's worried and Derry is, he's sorry for what he done. 
you pony. <laughs> and they go to the Dairy Queen. Yes. <laughs> and a girl with buck teeth is asking for 15 cents. Right. And I would give her 15 cents just to go away. <clears throat> but the first thing that, that Dallas does is he's fucking around when he's driving. Like he takes his hands off the wheel. Yeah. Were you ever one of those drivers? No. Oh, were you in a car with yes. people? Yes. When they would fuck, and how did you feel about that? Okay, you remember the shithouse mouse? Yes. Where it's like you'd be driving on 18. Uh, what what was that building that was, if you're going towards where I lived on 18, I was on the right-hand side. It was like right at that dip in the road that like went way down, then way up. Was it We Energy's building? Might have been. But okay. the owner of the shithouse mouse used to, turn off his lights at that point and drive for like the next mile and a half with no lights on. Oh yeah. Yep. And I'm kind of like, okay, why? And you know, great. He, you're, you're, you're a man, you're tough. You can drive with the lights off. That's great. I do not want to fucking die here. Yes. So do you remember, uh, you were a senior and I would have been a junior in high school and highway 83, like the main thoroughfare through our, Entire world was under construction. Yeah. And right before you got to Highway 18, there was this huge embankment of gravel and dirt that they had built up that they were going to be using. Because, I mean, it was a major reconstruction process where moving hills and moving curves to make this a more safe thoroughfare. And there was a dude that I hung out with. He's that guy on Facebook that posts. He'll just yeah. Like, okay, I know who you're talking like about. An, like an information drop, where all of a sudden you'll come on Facebook, and there'll be like 15 posts from him, and, and they're usually very interesting but somewhat controversial posts. And some and of I, them are true, some of them are not. Yes, and I paled around with him, and he had this pickup truck, his Chevy S10, and he would drive up this giant embankment, and I never felt unsafe with that guy. We would go driving through fields, we'd go driving through the woods. Up and down, you know, the old downhill ski hill in Delafield. I never felt unsafe with him for some reason. But there were other dudes that I rode with. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, shit, man. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah, a lot of it was like, okay, does this person really want to live (laughs) type thing? Do they care if they die? Do you remember the hill? And it was right across from where you lived with the ledger. Um is right at the top of I don't even know what the, it was off of eighteen. You, you go, turn off of eighteen as you're going to the, towards the high school, and you go up the hill. And then the place you lived was on the left hand side. Yeah. And then there was that hill right before the high school. Yes. We used to like drive up on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Strawberry Hill? Yes. Now, where where was that? I that I don't remember. All right. I, I remember I went on it once and I was really, really high. Um, but I, I don't remember where it was. No, I don't remember where Party Hill was. If you if I had to find Party Hill, I would assume yeah. it's off of 18, but I'm sure that's not right. Yeah, I have no I could not tell you um, where Party Hill is. Yeah, but they go to Dairy Queen and I think they order some chili dogs. I don't know what they ordered, but there's a girl with the buck teeth once again. Once the 15 cents. And they're talking about how there's going to be a rumble between the Soches and the Greasers. Sure. But you want to know how, and I've never been brave enough to do this, but you you know how you want to mess up with somebody at McDonald's? Is when you roll up to the drive-thru, you order a chili dog, some root beer, and some onion rings and see what happens. (laughs) 
Why? I, I I don't know. It was just completely mess with the kid working at behind the the drive through. But there's no longer kids working those. Those are I mean those are adult, adults working most of those jobs now. Well, it's because people have been displaced. Mm-hmm. But even five years ago, I think. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when I worked at Hardee's, it was all kids or yeah. vaguely beyond kids. Yeah, I remember the oldest person was like 19 or 20, and she used to go fuck her boyfriend in the ball pit at Hardee's. Nice. Th- th- that's a regret I have, is that I've never fucked somebody in the ball pit. That would be fun. And, you know... It's still possible. Sure. I, you know, so life goals. What? Okay. Where else? Where would you find a ball pit these days? Well, Hardee's, McDonald's. No, they've they've completely revamped those. Oh, have they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) I don't think ball pits exist anymore. I I okay. So that's something for housekeeping. It's like do ball pits still exist? Yes. Okay. Petri dishes of just germ factories. Well, in, in COVID, sure. But, I mean, eventually that is going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. I still don't think there's ball pits around anymore, man. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I haven't been in the ball pit scouting place in a while. So, now I'll, I will be on the look for a place where Jen and I can go to fuck in a ball pit. Right. What's the <laughs> movie where uh, a dude hides in a ball pit? Uh, except his foot is sticking out, and the cop shoots him in the foot. Um, oh fuck! What is it? See, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Traffic. Okay. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't have remembered that. So now you're gonna get an email from from wife of show Jen that says I will never fuck my husband in a ball pit. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah there's a big rumble coming up, and they have a spy. They there's a spy on their side that turns out to be Cherry. And Dallas has a thing for Cherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, who wouldn't? It's Diane Lang. Yeah, she is. She's very underused in this film. She is in probably two, maybe three scenes tops, but mm-hmm. she does look good. And she's very young here. She's probably older than I am now, but I mean, she still looks young here. Yes. So Johnny, he wants to go back, and he asks if his parents are asking about them, about him. And Dallas really doesn't have an answer for him, but uh, he wants to go back. So they go back to the church, and what's going on at the church? How did this start? How did this start on fire? Well, it actually got brought up earlier, where I think Pony Boy says something to Johnny about you have to be aware of your cigarette and not to start a fire. And I think that's what it was, is that got mentioned very specifically. And I think that is the intended message here that Johnny had been, he had a heater and he either fell asleep or just flicked it out and it lit the church on fire. But in the meantime, a school bus shows up while they're at the Dairy Queen <laughs> and a bunch of kids come out and they're like, hey, we're going to go explore this abandoned church. You would see smoke or something, or, you know, you would see some sort of fire or some sort of distress that you would say, oh, hey, kids, don't go in there. That's bad news. But they're in there. There's like, what, six or seven or eight kids in there? Why would there be a school field trip to a church? Uh, An abandoned church. Yeah. It's all boarded up. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But, you know, Pony 
Pony and Johnny, they got to go in there and save the kids. And Dallas is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you going in there? Yeah. Um, Dallas is not very happy about the fact that uh, Pony Boy and Johnny have jumped into the fray here to get these kids out. Right. Right. But Pony, he catches on fire. His arm catches on fire. And Johnny is trapped. And he and, and the roof collapses. And you can hear him screaming. I mean, this is it's bad news for Johnny. Yeah. But, you know, now that, you know, ambulance shows up. They're in the ambulance. Now they get to the hospital. And Pony is sitting next to the fat man, this fat man. And Pony lights up a heater, and the fat man's like, hey, you shouldn't be smoking. And Pony looks at him, and he's like, yeah, but you're smoking. And it kind of reminds me of this. You know, Peter, it's so nice that after all these years we've been together, we can still... Smoke break! Huh? <laughs> Peter, what are you doing down there? Nothing. Well, it doesn't seem like nothing. Hold on, pause it. Pause it. Okay, so, just to give a little t- context to this. Peter and, and um, why can't I think? Lois. Lois, thank you, are in bed, and he's basically going down on her. <laughs> and as she's coughing there, smoke is coming out of her mouth because he's going <laughs> down on her. <laughs> All right, continue, continue. I got to start from the beginning, but okay. Okay. You know, Peter, it's so nice that after all these years we've been together, we can still... Smoke break. What? Peter, what are you doing down there? Nothing. It doesn't seem like nothing. <laughs> Peter, since when are you a smoker? Put that out right now. Smoking is highly addictive. I'm not addicted. I just need a couple every hour or so, so I don't go completely insane. Peter, that's exactly what addicted means. You have a serious problem. Cigarettes will kill you. Relax, Lois. I can quit any time I want. Look, I'll toss this one out right now. I'm so sorry I threw you out the window. <laughs> <sighs> Oh. Yeah. So now Soda and Derry, they show up and, and they embrace Pony. That was a very touching moment. Very, very touching moment. I almost I almost got teared up, but I didn't. But they give him shit about his hair. Yes. Well, of course, because, yeah, he's bleach blonde and the greasers all have, you know, what are they putting, motor oil in their hair? Or what do you think it is that they're putting in their hair? Yeah, there's there's a there's a name for it. I can't remember what it is, but it, it's not motor oil. It's uh, it's something though. Housekeeping. Dapper Dan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So they go back to their house, and Dairy carries Pony in. Did you ever carry your kids in when they were asleep, or did you say, "Wake up, get, come on, come on, wake up, walk in the house"? Yeah, usually, usually I'd wake them up unless they were like just completely out and they were like really really young. So it, it did happen both ways. Okay. Yeah, I remember carrying you in from the car once. <laughs> but uh, 2-Bit and Steve, they show up the next day. Pony Boy's making eggs. Pony Boy's making eggs, and they scare him, and eggs go flying everywhere. And that really pissed me off, making a, a big old egg sandwich or something, and it goes flying all over the place. But for some reason, there's some chocolate cake, and Steve, who's played by Tom Cruise... What does it look like he's doing? He, he, he looks like he's giving a rim job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he's just sitting there mowing down some chocolate cake. Now this is great. Jim out is a chocolate cake. Every now are... and then, wait, 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 wait. Go wait, ahead, go wait, ahead. Wait, wait, just a second here. Okay. So every now and then we have a 
emergence in the force. (laughs) (laughs) And we both pull a completely distinct clip based on the same thing. So that was the clip that Doug pulled about that. Here's the clip I pulled about that. Don't just stare at it. Eat it. So Doug's clip about Tom Cruise with chocolate all around his mouth is about a convicted rapist and and mine's about eating ass. (laughs) So I don't know what that says about either of us. That's from American Psycho 2, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. So I got to say, Bill Cosby himself is the greatest. It's one of the greatest comedy albums ever. Yes. It's amazing. And I will... My name's Jesus Christ. I I will have my children sit down and watch that and they will enjoy it yeah no bill cosby i remember when i was a kid when i was probably 10 12 years old i was at a buddy's house and his parents had bill cosby himself and then another one on the lp the you know the big 12 inch record. record yeah and we listened to those and god damn if it wasn't funny Did and it it, it's clean did it have the Noah's Ark thing on there? Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember listening to that also. Noah. What? Yeah. No, yeah. It, oh, really completely good clean. He says damn a couple of times. I don't yeah. think he says shit at all. No, but it's like, he says, um, God damn it. He's okay. like, God damn it. No, I'm not God damn it. My name's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, they're, they're reminded that, you know, hey. You're going to go to a boy's home if this gets brought up. So, Tubit and Pony, they are hitching. Even before that, just step back for one second. Okay. Uh, Derry says to smoke less than a pack a day. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> if I catch you smoking more than a pack a day, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful hints in, in the 50s and 60s. Sure. So, Tubit and Pony are hitching to try and go see Johnny in the hospital. You ever pick up any hitchhikers? I probably did. I do not have a specific memory of it, but I'm sure that I have. Okay. Is there a bomb getting ready to go off in the background there? No, that's uh, somebody's heating something up in the microwave. Maybe so. a hot maybe a hot pocket <laughs> or some leftover lasagna? I think it's actually pizza from last night, if okay. I had to guess. All right. All right. So when I was a kid, my dad would always pick up hitchhikers. And so we, you know, we had a Suburban. And yes, drove it. Yes, you drove it. Drunk. And it would be dad and girlfriend sitting in the passenger seat, and then older brother and older sister sitting in the back seat, and then me stuck in the way, way back in the cargo area. And two or three times I distinctly remember my dad pulling over, getting out, opening up the big hatch or tailgate, and saying, telling the hitchhiker, Get on in the back. And here I am riding in the back of the Suburban with a bum or a hitchhiker. So uh, how, how are those handies? They were great. <laughs> there you go. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah, that's all you need. Uh, yeah. Um, and the socials show up. And Randy, he wants to talk to Pony. And he can't believe that a greaser would do something like that. And he would have let them burn. But then they have this conversation. Friend of yours, the one that got burned, he might die. Yeah. And tonight, people get hurt in rooms, maybe even killed, right? You can't win. You know that, don't you? 
doesn't matter if you whip us, you'll still be where you were before, at the bottom. And we'll still be the lucky ones at the top with all the breaks. Doesn't matter. Greasers will still be greasers and socials will still be socials. It doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks, Grease. Hey, I didn't mean that. I meant thanks, kid. You know, it's like there's not a lot I like about this film, but there are little bits and pieces, and it, it it's things like this where it is a a good scene where it it conveys the message of the entire film, and and he's right, it doesn't matter. It's like you guys win, you kick our asses, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're we're still rich. You're still poor. It it doesn't really matter. We're still going off to college, and you're still going to be stuck in you know this town. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go off and be you know managers and CEOs, and you're going to be stuck working at the gas station, working in the oil, um, uh, oil. You mean working in the fields? Yes, basically. Yeah, but they go and see Johnny. And he's basically upside down because his back and his neck are all burnt. And, and you have to think also that his lungs are pretty fucked up also. Right. Um, yeah, he's he, he's face down. He's on his stomach and he's he's got some burns. And you hear the you hear the howling. What is what is Joey howling at? Uh, the phone. <laughs> he howls at the phone. That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so. Johnny says, he's like, I got a broken back, but I don't want to die. So before, you know, he he wants to kill himself because life is just shit. But now he's had this, you know, he's been away from his parents, which have been, has been shitty. And he's been hanging out with Johnny and he's, you know, been kind of in this, this peaceful, serene setting, even though it's an abandoned church. But seeing these beautiful sunsets and hearing Pony Boy recite this poetry, yeah, he's had an epiphany. He doesn't want to die. So he, he talks about <laughs> the dog. That's messed up, man. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in because it's funny. That's great. Uh, no, he talks about things that he wants to do. And we talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks of, you know, I've, I've talked about how I feel I've done, I have to do the things I want to do. And it, it kind of brings up a bucket list thing. So do you have things on your bucket list that you haven't done that you want to do? Uh, no, I don't. I'm so, dude. It's, it's, I got all my piss and vinegar out of my system before I got married. Well, I, it, it yes. doesn't have to be about that. It doesn't have to be about, you know, I need to bang a stripper when I'm high on Coke and, you no, know, driving like, a Mustang. I mean, you, you know, know, I've, I've, you know, I mean, it's, you, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to brag here, but, you know, being a firefighter for 10 years. Yeah, I got I, my, okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, I did a lot of crazy shit that most people don't have the opportunity to do. I, and and I did the whole jumping out of airplanes thing and going and visiting Europe. I, I would like to go back to Europe. Yeah. But there's, you know, I don't feel this need like I need to go to New Zealand or Australia or China or or anything like that. Uh, I don't know. 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't. There's, there's really not a whole lot of bucket list things that I got. You, you ever bang an Australian? No, Matt. But I know you have. <laughs> I recommend it. No. So who, who is calling your house? I have. It, it's Trump. I'm sure it's Trump. It, and it, it is a thing where it's like, oh, you, you want to donate money. Um, but you know, I, I have a couple things on my bucket list that I, okay. I have not done. And there are like the realistic, okay, I can do these things, bucket okay. list items. And I've always wanted to jump out of a plane. I've never done that. Okay. The, the closest I've ever done to jumping out of a plane is when we did the thing where we jumped off the mountain in Europe. Uh-huh. And then I've done the thing where you like get dragged behind a speedboat in okay. like, you know, the Caribbean or whatever. Sure. But I, I, I want to jump out of a plane. And okay. my youngest wants to do that as well but you have to be 18 now because they mm-hmm. changed the laws so i will do that at some point probably do the that, tandem do the tandem well i think you, you have to do the tandem you have to do the tandem yeah because if you don't do a tandem it has to be static line for your Which first sucks. couple jumps why would you want to do that what's the point yeah, yeah. do tandem so that that's on the list and you know threesome that's probably not in the cards for me i get that <laughs> yes but that, that's definitely on the list. You know, Jen listens to this podcast. I'm going to be turning 50 soon. Hint, hint. But, you know, <laughs> th- th- there are things. And But other than that, it's like there are things that I want to do, but I don't feel I've missed out if I haven't done. Because I want to get scuba certified, and I can do that anytime. And it's actually something I've planned on doing, and I was going to do this year except for uh, COVID. But it's not like, oh, I didn't do it, so I've missed out on it. But it's something I want to do. But I, I feel that there's there's not a lot that I haven't done where it's like I get snuffed out for whatever reason. I'm I'm okay. I've done what I had to do. Except for the threesome thing. I really want to knock that out. But other than that, yeah. Okay. So his Johnny's mom shows up and he doesn't want to see her. <laughs> no, he, he does not. No. Yeah. And, but what what did he want from the hospital gift shop? He wanted Gone with the Wind. Would they have that? I mean, they might have books, but would they have that specific book? I don't know when you that know, came out. Uh, I don't know. That's a good housekeeping item. Well, Is obviously, it? it came out in you know in the 30s because the movie was made in what? 39? 39, I believe. So I doubt okay. that they'd have that in, in the 50s in, in a gift shop or the 60s yeah. in a gift shop. Yeah, but, but my he, question yeah. was: Is he paralyzed? And apparently, yes, he is because he has yes. broken back. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I should have pulled the clip from Mike Tyson, where he says, "You know, my back is broken, spinal." <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the documentary about the Golden Gate Bridge, where they interview people who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived? No, no I have not. So. Basically, everybody that's in this documentary, it's, it's all people that tried to commit suicide by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived somehow. They said immediately after jumping, they regretted it. And they regretted yeah. it for like, you know, the next two seconds or whatever it was <laughs> forever, however long it took for them to actually hit the water. And you, you have to wonder how many people have that buyer's regret from whatever it is that they happen to do, whether it be, you know, somebody that jumps off the chair or jumps off the mountain or whatever. Obviously, with a gun, you don't have that that time frame. I would think that most people that hang themselves, I mean, come on. You've got to regret that almost instantaneously. Yeah, I, I, I put myself in that position where it's like, okay, 
I've decided to kill myself. I've resigned myself to that. And I jump off the chair and my neck doesn't break like it's supposed to if you do it correctly. Right. And I'm sitting there hanging and I'm going to die. And you're the, pissing and shitting yourself. The one thing I'm doing is I'm whipping out my pants so I can I can yank on my cock. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a really you really are infatuated with the notion of doing the you know the suffocation jerk. Yeah. No. I. I it, it. I don't know. I found out about that. It's not. It's not a thing of mine. It's like I'm not. A, I'm not a choker. I'm not into being choked. But it's just, you hear something about it and it just sticks in your head. It's like. You know, maybe that's the boner. It's like the 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 epitome of boners is the being choked while you're hanging boner. Well, let's see. There's the movie with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes, Rising Sun. Oh, that's the one where it takes place in Japan? No, it's like a Japanese business where there's a video of a guy choking a chick, but it's he kills her by accident. He's... He's choking her for that reason, mm-hmm. uh, but kills her by accident. And then there's who's the lead singer of In Excess? Michael Hutchins. Okay. And then the guy who played Kung Fu. Yeah, David Carradine. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's all I know. That's, that's all I can think of. But um, Johnny is talking about how, how he hasn't done much yet. He has so much left to do. And, you know, you have – your kids are young and yes. my kids are, are not as young. And I'm not going to get into the specifics about the kids, but I, I look at what I understand for kids from today and I put myself in the frame of mind of where I was at a certain age. It's like another phone call, really? And the, wait for the dog. It's coming. Oh, maybe not. But, I'm I'm Joe Biden, and I forgot why <laughs> I called you. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that at 16 or 14, you you have these things that these are monumental, like not like Matt specific weird things, like jumping out of a plane or threesome. These are things that you you need to have as just a regular individual that you want to kind of like experience. And do you feel that you were cheated at all with anything in your life because you did not wait for Jesus? Really? Again? Um, um, Unplug that thing, man. No, it's it's not in this room. But do you feel like you were cheated of any experiences because you you did things too young that you didn't have that? No, certainly not. I mean, I think of the. the people that I know that got married early and had kids early and now their kids are much older and now they're going off and, you know, we still, we're still at the stage where we have to get a babysitter and we have these friends that are going out and doing things and going to Mexico and doing this and that, and they can leave their kids at home. Whereas we can't do that. But at the same time, if I was in my forties I wouldn't probably jump out of an airplane because I have something to live for, which back in my 20s, I didn't have shit to live for. Yeah, but you had the future to live for. Yeah, but I I didn't think... I know I that's live. nebulous, but it's still something. I didn't, I didn't live my life that way. Now it's like, if I were to get on an airplane just by myself without my kids and without my missus, 
I would be scared shitless. Like, God damn, if this plane goes down, I'm leaving them behind. Um, or if I were to jump out of an airplane and go, God damn, if this chute didn't open. And then if this secondary chute didn't open <laughs> also, <laughs> you know, why am I wearing this helmet? As Jerry Seinfeld would say. The, <laughs> the helmet's wearing, wearing you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, with, with me, it's like I am probably, from a financial perspective, I am worth more dead than a than alive from oh, yeah. a life insurance policy perspective, especially when you have work and if you are killed in an accident, it doubles. Blah 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 blah. But the biggest thing that happens if I check out is eventually the system breaks down and the matrix breaks down, and you can no longer say, Alexa turn on television and it works that is the biggest drawback to me being dead <laughs> yeah like i said i've already trained like in last week's episode i i trained my missus if i go make sure thanksgiving you just go turn off the three hose bibs everything will be cool after that you, you got nothing else to worry about here's the number of the electrician she has the number of the plumber she has the number of the lawn guy you know it's I don't know, man. You know, the only thing that I'm my biggest concern is if, if I check out early is my kids don't have a dad. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's that's that is my biggest regret in life of dying early is my kids don't have a dad to teach them how to shave. Or what's the Michael Keaton Nicole Kidman movie where he's checking out and he's making videos of him shaving and and that sort of thing oh yeah i know what you're talking about and i i I can't remember the name of but yeah i I know the movie that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and my kids are old enough now that they're not going to miss on miss out on that so that that's all fine and (laughs) I, i think the funniest thing is you know okay there are things that i i remember i i used to tell this joke at I ran, I, I mined the being married well for comedy material. And I got to the point where I had to start lying on stage about my life to have something to talk about. So I talked about my divorce that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I was believable enough that this guy who I worked with m- multiple times at, di- at different clubs, he said, you're married again? I'm like, what do you mean married again? It's like, well, you got divorced. I'm like, no, I never got divorced. It's like, you talked about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, that was a bit. Yeah. And one of the things I said is, you know, it's it's not that I don't want her to be happy. It's just that I don't want her to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think about there are things where I've, I've told my kids, it's like, you know, daddy's gone. Mommy's got to get her groove on. That That's all good. I'm, I have no problem with that. But there are things that I want to kind of reserve for me. There are things it's like, okay, you can do that, but you can't do this. <laughs> there, there, there are things that I want to have reserved for me. It's kind of like, you know, the Lewis and Clark of it all. I was the first one to plant my flag there. I don't want anybody else to go there. So here's what I've seen in my life. Um, I have seen more men who have become widows or more men who have been divorced latch on to somebody much quicker than, say, a woman who becomes a widow or a woman who gets divorced. They take their time or they don't do it at all. I think it's the man. 
I, I honestly, I think that when a woman becomes a widow or a woman gets divorced, I think she's okay with saying, God, I don't want to deal with another baby. Have, have you ever like went out or whatever you want to call it with someone that was recently divorced? Yes. That is so much fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twice. Twice I've done it. At once was she wasn't all the way done with her divorce yet. Um, yeah, it's an interesting situation. I, I think a big part of it is it's kind of like I am going to, in my own way, say fuck you to my ex-husband by letting random stranger do to me what my husband wanted to do and I wouldn't let him. Yeah. Which, for me, worked out great. You know? And sure. I, I think that that is one of those things where it's like, you know, that's why you, you go to, you talk to your friends and when they get divorced, you're just like, okay, what, what was your thing? And if that, if that's your thing, it's like, then you go hook up with the ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. There was one friend that I said, I'm going to live vicariously through you and living vicariously through him was really, really boring. <laughs> Does he have a lot of Instagram posts about him and his new girlfriend? No, no, he does not. Okay, so that's not what I'm thinking of. Okay, anyways. So, 2-Bit and, and Pony Boy, they go to see Dallas, and he's hanging out in his hospital bed, and he's wearing tidy whities And my first thought was, Matt could take this guy underwear shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did Johnny stroke out in the earlier scene? He passed out. He just okay, passed he, out. Okay, he just passed out. Okay. Right. Right. But Dallas says, you know, give me a knife. And I don't know if it's 2-Bit or, or Pony Boy that gives him a butterfly knife. And I don't know what he does. Does he... Stabs does he, it into the bed or... or... I'm not sure what he what, what he does. But it's kind of weird. But now they're on the bus ride home. Wait, wait. And, even before that, they're, they're, they're talking about what they're going to do. And they're going to do this. Stupid Johnny. We'll do it for Johnny. <laughs> Acting in this movie is so terrible. <laughs> well, Matt Dillon to be, is not a very great actor. And neither is his brother. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so now um, Pony Boy and, and 2-Bit are on the bus ride home. And Pony <laughs> Boy, he's got a premonition that something bad is going to happen. As they're doing this, I'm thinking, are, are they taking a bus to the fight? <laughs> <laughs> but they, they weren't, but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. But they meet up with Cherry, and she tells them, yeah, nope, the socials have agreed. They're not going to use weapons. But she so shows up in this sweet-ass stingray. And I'm like, yeah, socials have it real bad, don't they? Now, would you think that either the socials or the greasers would actually adhere to this rule of no weapons? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think there's an honor. Because we see that later on, and we'll get to that. Um, but I, I think there's, there's you know, a, a soldier's code, so to speak. Almost like honor among thieves. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Cherry says that she, she can't go see Johnny, even though she asks about him. And the reason she can't go see him is because Johnny killed Bob. Right. And even though she, you know, she had her issues with Bob, he was still a nice boy. Right. And I'm sure he was when he wasn't drunk and beating up kids with his fucking rings. Just like uh, Leaf Garrett in real life. 
Yes. Yeah, so now we're back at uh, Pony Boys and Dairies and Soda's house, and Soda and Steve are arm wrestling. Yeah. And Dairy does not want Pony Boy to come to the Rumble. Well, I think, wow, that's crazy. I had those exact same words in my notes. Exact. So, Derry doesn't want Pony Boy to come to the Rumble. Yes, yes. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> and honestly, Pony Boy does not look too well. He, it, to steal a phrase from a friend of ours, he's sweating like a whore in church. Yes. Yeah, he's sick. He's ill. He feels warm. Uh, Tupac said it earlier. He's like, oh, you feel warm. And Pony Boy's like, don't tell Derry. He won't let me rumble. And they all go out of the house, and Swayze does a pretty cool gymnast yeah. move on the chain link fence. Yes, he does. So they, this is now the third time that we hear the song, Gloria, G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria, you know. Second movie that we've heard this song in. What was the first one? Platoon. No. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. No. When they are smoking weed in the, with a, it's with a, a, God, what the hell is his name? The guy who played Doc Ock, not Doc Ock, the other guy in the Spider-Man films, William Defoe's. He, he, in his little barracks area. That's, no, that's Tears of a Clown. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. By, oh. by, by Smokey Robinson. Okay, I'll have to check on that. But Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, but they are all going off to the Rumble, and they're very excited. They're all pumped up. They're laughing. They're joking around. They're, yeah, 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 yeah. And now they, they come to the lot where there's this big old bonfire, and all the clans are there to unite. Yeah. It is basically like all of the greasers, including Tim, who was introduced before, is there is because they are there to represent the greaser collective. Yes. And then the Soch collective starts showing up in all their sweet ass cars yeah but pony boy is known as the guy that was at the murder <laughs> <laughs> and tim even says good job pony boy but did you see who is the guy behind pony boy just to the right as the socias were rolling up Mm-mm. andrew dice clay no it's, that's that's a mad lie no seriously check it out really check it out Okay, okay. But there's thunder, and then we have... Warriors, come out to play. Yeah, the socials show up, and Derry goes out. They're, they're kind of lined up facing each other. And Derry goes out to meet this guy, Paul. Paul, and, yeah. And they're like, who's Paul? And he's like, oh, they used to pl- pal around together. They played football. Paul's a little effeminate. A little bit. And, you know, but even before they go out there, Derry says, odds are as even as we can get. Yeah. And so Derry and Paul, representing the greasers and the socias, are sitting there talking. And then out of left field, (laughs) Dallas comes running in. (laughs) He's like, you're not going to start this rumble without me. And uh, Pony Boy gets sucker punched. Right. But the rain starts, and th- did you notice the music? It was very... It, uh, the music during this rumble was fucking awesome. 
Do you know what Spielberg's next film is? I do not. West Side Story. Okay, yes, okay. And this is probably the closest to an A-list director doing West Side Story. And I have to hope to God that Spielberg's version of West Side Story is better choreographed than this fight scene is. It wasn't bad. It was not good. It's there were some continuity errors. Yeah, and I I actually as I look at my notes, um, I'm missing a clip here. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> because, are because yeah because they fight and then eventually the Soches run away and I was supposed to have a runaway clip where <laughs> run away run away from uh, <laughs> Mo- Monty Python. Yeah, but uh, Pony Boy got a beatdown, but he's oh, okay he sure. in the end. But the greasers are victorious. Uh, Dallas and Pony, they are going to see Johnny, and the fuzz pulls them over. Yeah. Dallas and Pony Boy get stopped by the cops because Dallas is driving like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. And and Dallas here gives his view on watching out for yourself, and you're, you'll be fine. And Johnny says that fighting ain't no good. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I like I said, I'd never seen this film before. I always thought it was Stay Golden Pony Boy. No, it is stay, not. Stay, stay gold. gold, which right. is about his hair and about the whole, like, fucking Robert Frost poem. Right. And then, you know, and he at dies. this point, Johnny dies. Yes. Body bag! Yeah! <laughs> oh, I just got that right now. Yeah, but Dallas says, this is what you get for helping people. Yeah. And... Dallas is starting to go off the deep end. He yeah, and he's looking for trouble at this point. Yes. Yeah. Pony comes home. He tells the gang the news that Johnny has died. Right. And next, now we see Dallas. He's at the store, and he's in front of this magazine rack. And this is where we see the guy from Red Dawn. With the, he's wearing glasses. Yeah, but even before that, when, he, when Dallas walks out of the hospital, he walks out the wrong exit. In random, like, doctor, EMT, dude. Oh, sorry. I hit a button. Um, <laughs> random guy says, you're not allowed here. And he pulls out a gun. And, oh, yeah. Okay. I have to ask this because I don't know. Do the gun mechanics as portrayed in this film ring true? Yeah, I think so because the gun is never loaded. Yeah, but it wouldn't. The the slide pop out when your clip is empty. No, if you, I mean, if you were to, so it, what he's holding is he's holding a nineteen eleven forty five, and um, you could put an empty magazine in that in that forty five nineteen eleven. I have one in my gun safe, of course. And, and still, of course, <laughs> and pull back the hammer, and, and still dry fire. Okay, because I was expecting like you know with like a like a nine millimeter for example, you pull the trigger and the clip is empty. There's nothing in the chamber. It's gonna pull the slide out. No, no. If you pull the trigger, it, nothing's gonna happen. The slide's not gonna move because the actual the the energy from the 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 bullet, the the gunpowder, the primer hitting the bullet, and with the gunpowder it exploding, shooting out the projectile, 
the energy from that is going to make the slide come back. So just dry firing a pistol. Okay, so it, it's it's happen. it's the last live. It's the last live round that causes the 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 slide to to basically to pull out. Right, and we've seen, you see it all the time in movies where they make bad mistakes where they show you know the slide open and then the next shot you shot you see you see somebody holding the pistol and the slide is not open anymore you see that all the time yeah okay and and that's why i i wanted to ask that is because but he pulls out the gun he says well, that's i'm allowed why you have, where that's, i want that's that's why you have me on the podcast yeah that's the only reason you're my you're my gun expert yes yes and uh i'm allowed wherever i want and and I'm assuming he knew it would not fire when he did that. Correct. Because he knows that there's there's nothing there. He has no rounds in the chamber. The clip is empty. Yes. Yeah. And so now we get to the store where we, we meet the guy from... Uh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Thank you. The Russian and, commando leader. And it's like Dallas is in the store and he's looking at magazines. And he's he's off the deep end at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he, there's something definitely wrong with him, and the and he's the dude at the clerk. It's like, are you gonna buy something here or what? Yeah, and Dallas just tears up the magazine. Uh huh. Hey, you gotta pay for that, young man. <laughs> he he uses a gun and he robs the store. He uses the the empty gun to rob the store, and as he's running up, the cashier shoots at Dallas and. Mm-hmm. I watched this twice because I did not realize that he actually got hit during this time until like the blood reveal later. And I was told by somebody else that I should have realized he got shot here. Yes. I didn't know it either. I didn't realize it either until, yeah, you see him, he's, he, um, uh, calls Derry and he says, meet me at the park. He's calling from a payphone as, and as he leaves the payphone, you see the blood, on the phone book that's underneath the payphone. Right, exactly. Yes. And and oh, oh, at the oh, park. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, horse ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I had mentioned that there were three moments in this movie that affected me. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention the second one. It's when Johnny dies. Okay. Okay. All right. We're closing in on number three, my friend. Get him a body bag! Yeah! 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 Okay. And... Dallas is surrounded by the cops. <laughs> he yeah. says, you'll never take me alive. And the cops just, like, shoot the shit out of him. Apparently that uh, you'll never take me alive was an improv line. Okay. Well, it it doesn't change the fact that the acting is really bad here. It's right. bad acting and bad makeup here. Yes. But that's number three, where he's kind of crawling on the ground on his elbows and on his knees. And he's kind of reaching out and doing this, I don't know what you want to call it, like opening his mouth or, I don't know. But as a kid, you know, it fucked with me a little bit. Okay. But uh, end of the movie, Pony Boy picks up the gun with the wind book and there is a note inside. Mm Mm-hmm. Pony Boy. I asked the nurse to give you this book so you could finish it. It's worth saving those little kids. Their lives are worth more than mine. They have more to live for. Tell Dally I think it's worth it. I'm gonna miss you guys. 
I've been thinking about it in that poem, that guy that wrote it. Robert meant you're gold when you're a kid, like green. When you're a kid, everything's new. Dawn. Like the way you dig sunsets, pony, that's gold. Keep that's it that way, dog. it's a good way to be. Different dog. I want you to ask Dally to look at one. I don't think he's ever seen a sunset. There's still lots of good in the world. Tell Dally I don't think he knows. Your buddy, Johnny. And the movie's over. And the movie's over. In the credits, it says, This film is dedicated to the people who first suggested that it be made. Librarian Joe Ellen Misakian and the students of the Lone Star School in Fresno, California. Fuck those people. <laughs> you didn't like it? We are 22 movies into this podcast. This is by far the worst really? of those 22 films. It is the second worst film I've seen this year. And it is in the top 10 films of the worst films I have ever seen. <laughs> What was the worst film that you saw? Uh, what oh, was the, the one we walked out? Oh, no. No, it's the worst of the films that we've done. Okay. I mean, of the films we've seen together, I think uh, She's Out of Control. She's Out of Control with Tony Danza. Yeah, we walked out of that. <laughs> we walked out of that. It's like, my kids are like, what movies are worse than this? It's like, well, there's a couple I've walked out of, not many. It takes a lot for me to walk out of a film. I would have walked out of this fucking film. It was really? terrible. Oh, I don't. I see, this movie I, is awful. I didn't think that. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. That's so funny. Okay, so apparently, um, uh, does this movie hold up? <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. Uh, this is honestly one of the worst things I have ever seen. <laughs> the acting in this movie is so unbelievably bad. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, would you recommend it? Oh, sure. Would, would you? Would you? <laughs> Am I talking to someone I hate? <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, and when we get into what you're watching, you'll understand a little bit more about it. But this movie was terrible. It was, it was seriously. Even though we watched the shorter version, and I actually I sent you a text where I realized the version I have on on Plex is an hour, or I'm sorry, it's 22 20. minutes longer. Yes. And we both watched the version on HBO Max. I would have been more angry if I had watched <laughs> the longer version. Because as it is, there was 90 minutes of my life. I will never fucking get back because I watched this piece of shit. It wasn't that bad. It was it awful. It how, was awful. How did your missus feel about watching it? Oh, she's like, do not talk bad about this film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My, my wife just got home, and then she yelled at me for what happened on her shopping trip, so that was fun. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any last thoughts on the movie? No. No. But just so you know, my theme for this season... So do you actually have a theme? Yes. Okay. So it's going to be... Shitty movies? <laughs> Obscure movie... Low hanging fruit, obscure movie, low hanging fruit. 
So those seem to be in opposition to each other. Well, of course they are. Okay. All right. Watcha. 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 watching. All right. So what you watching, man? So here, here's here's a great example of how this podcast works. I am one person uh, that actually is a friend of Doug Tracy. Oh, Doug. Said she wanted to hear about other podcasts we listen to. And I listen to a podcast that's called How Did, How Did This Get Made? And they talk about different movies and they go through basically not different from what we do, really. And they had watched this movie, which was apparently terrible. It was called Velocipastor. Okay. <laughs> which was a pastor who, through circumstance, actually, when he gets angry, turns into a velociraptor. I watched that in the last couple of days. That movie was way better than The Outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, we've continued to watch um, Counterpart. Okay. How far are you in? Oh, we're not far in because uh, wife of show Jen. Oh, dog. <laughs> falls asleep and then I end up watching Velocipaster instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this about Counterpart. It's a slow burn. It's not something that's going to be exciting and explosive. But it's also something you, you have you cannot fall asleep no, and then no. jump back into it. And a lot of times when, when Jen and I are watching stuff, we will be watching like Big Brother, for example, where you really don't have to be paying that close of attention to what's going on. You know, so I'll have my uh, iPad or my Chromebook or whatever open and I'll be surfing porn or whatever at the same time. And I'm not missing anything. With Counterpart, I actually have to put that down because you have to be paying attention oh, because there's yeah. a lot of minutia going on. Sure. Yeah. So are you enjoying it? I am. I, I really have a lot of respect for the main actor. I'm looking to see where some of the threads that are being put out there pay off if they okay. do. Because already the whole thing with the wife has started to pay off like three, four episodes in. And I just think that a lot of it is how person A or alpha relates to person prime. And I would argue that the way that they're labeled is wrong. <laughs> okay. Because the guy who's kind of uh, cringy and you know unsure of himself is alpha, not prime. And mm. I would consider him to be prime because that is the main world we're introduced to. Okay. But well, other than that, it, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some things that, that flip you on your head. Uh, and then I just started watching season two last night. And it picks right up from season one. Okay. So it's it's good. I also watched The Devil All the Time on Netflix, which is, it's got the actor who played Spider-Man in the MCU and the guy who plays the clown in the most recent version of It and a bunch of other people that you've seen and recognize. Mm -hmm. It tries really, really hard to be like a Coen's brother film. But it's much more dark than that. Um, 
when it got done, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I'm kind of, I think I'm okay that I watched it, but did I really waste my time here? I don't know. But it was, it was interesting. Uh, and then I started watching Birds of Prey, which is the follow-up to Suicide Squad. Right. It's kind of the Harley Quinn movie. It's rated R. You know, my boy, my oldest, loved Suicide Squad, and I was like, really? You like Suicide Squad? It has its moments, but then he's like, oh, I want to watch Birds of Prey. And I'm like, eh, it's rated R. Let me watch it first. And I'm about 25 minutes into it, and there is no fucking way that I will let him watch that. <laughs> Well, you know who uh, Suicide Squad 2 is going to be directed by, right? James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the, the making of, like, two-minute video? No. Oh. No, I, I just know it's like, the thing I know James Gunn from is from Guardians. Mm-hmm. And Guardians is a thing where I walked into blind. Yeah. And I was very, very entertained by what it was. And I think both Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 are, are two of my favorite MCU things. So yeah, well, this is going to be the, the Suicide Squad two is going to be rated R, and yeah. you know my boy he loves DC Legos, um, he's really into the the Lego villains for some reason I don't know why that is but uh, I don't know, I guess we'll see you know five ten years from now if he's killing animals and burying them <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> do 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 you have any of the Lego? Like superhero things, movies or no? Actual... No, I'm talking about uh, video games. Oh yeah, that's all they play. That's yeah. that they they play Minecraft and then they play the. the we've got like five or six different Lego. Yeah, there's a lot of these. Yeah, there's a lot of. But that's what that's what they like to play. They're like puzzle games, basically. Yeah. They're puzzles. Yeah, there is a Lego game, and actually, it should be coming out sometime soon. I think it's October or November. It is a the Skywalker Saga Lego thing. Okay. And I've played the earlier Star Wars Lego things, and they've been very entertaining. So I, I might, I don't know, if, if I have hard. the time. They're hard. Yeah, they, they're time-consuming. I wouldn't say they're hard. Well, it's like I said, they're, they're puzzle games. That's yeah. basically what they are. They're, they're one giant puzzle that you have to figure out. Yeah, but I'm smart. Yeah, you're Mensa. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. You still have the certificate up on your wall? Uh, it's in my basement. <laughs> okay, all right. all right. But that's it. That's all I got for what I've, what I've been watching. I, I'm trying to think of the, you know, I talked about Velocipaster, which is important because, once again, much, much, much better <laughs> than you <know>. The Outsiders. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to do a bit at the beginning of this where I was going to talk about the movie, or sorry, the TV show The Outsider. Did you watch that? It's HBO, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really, really good. It is. But they're doing a second season of it, which I don't understand why. I don't. I Where don't. the fuck are they going to go with that? It, it it was a self... That's the thing I hate about things like that is like you have a show that is a self-contained eight episode or whatever it is thing, and it's done. And then they uh-huh. have to go to... They have to go back to it. They have to go back to the well. Yeah. Which is what you'll like about Counterpart is you'll get to the end of Counterpart and you're like, okay, there's a lot more I need to learn. But that's all for what I'm watching. Okay. All right. So, oh, God. Is this the right thing? Uh Uh-huh.
so we haven't talked this about this for a while, but where do you stand on masks these days? Okay, are we talking about like protective masks or like in the bedroom or no. you know, <laughs> give me context. <laughs> I know you like you know. <laughs> Does your mouth part have a zipper? <laughs> so, I, I I went to, as I said before, I went to a cross-country meet today. And I, I think part of the problem with it is that there, there's a great phrase that I use a lot. And it doesn't always work, but I still use it a lot. You can't get a little bit pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you have... These idiots that have a mask on, but they're wearing it on their chin. Yeah. Which, or, the, or their nose is still showing. Like yeah, or, the, or their nose is still showing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm i not going to get into the what I believe about the whole thing, but I think that the best thing that could have happened would have been for everything to get shut down. And I don't mean only necessary things are still i mean everything be shut down shut everything the fuck down and do that for a month and then open stuff up it's like well people aren't going to be prepared for that well people aren't prepared for anything and the problem is it's all half measures at this point where okay you have to wear a mask here you don't have to wear a mask there and if you're not going to do it full, but full bore, if you're not going to do, you're not going to commit to it 100%. It doesn't matter. It's like okay, so I'm I'm sleeping with five girls that have HIV, and I'm going to wear condoms with three of them. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that you you need to either commit to it or not commit to it. And nobody's willing to commit to it 100%. You have to wear a mask, except if you're eating in public. No. If you are in public and you have to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask. You just don't fucking eat in public then. Yeah. So I wear a mask when I have to. If like I have to go into a gas station or I have to go into a store, I will put it on. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like, okay, fine. I'll put it on. But the situation that I see the most is I go and pick my boys up and we have this gigantic playground area that's asphalt and that's where all the parents come now and, and hang out to pick up their kids and you have two two groups of people you have the maskers and you have the non-maskers and the maskers they have the masks and they only talk to mask people and they are right on top of each other and then you have the non-maskers who I am I if I'm going to be outside yeah I'm that's fine fuck, I'm not going to wear a fucking mask but there's a couple of people that I talk to and we stand five or six feet apart from each other. So what's safer? What's what is safer? I'm outside. Am I safer talking to somebody socially distanced from them, or am I safer wearing a mask where I'm huddled, literally huddled with three or four other people, where you're where you're sitting there talking to each other? You know, we're constantly told you got to follow the science. You gotta follow the science. And the science says you gotta wear a mask. Well, is it really science if you can't question it? Yeah, no, I. So I walk my dog, and 
I will be damned if I'm going to wear a mask to walk my dog. Oh, yeah. And people might approach me when I'm walking my dog. That's on them. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at it as, okay, it is what it is. You believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. I am going to do whatever I have to protect me and my family. But at the same time, I am not going to live in fear of everything in the world. Right. And I, I talked about how this was the first time I had actually interacted with people in person that I've worked with via Zoom or whatever for months and months on end. And I was at the hotel and I was checking in. And there's a guy that I have talked to on Zoom who lives in Columbus. He lives like five minutes from where I live. First time I've ever seen him in person. And he said, I'm going to shake your hand. I don't give a fuck if you don't want to or not. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, am I going to say, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Right. And, of, and of course, at the same time, he he was like, he had a heater going. So he wasn't wearing a mask anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I have customers that, you know, or new customers, customers that I have that I always shake their hand or customers that new customers that I greet. And, and you can see some people when I show up. They'll kind of stick their hands in their pockets or they'll kind of hold their, you know, their hands to their chest like they're clutching their pearls. Uh, and then there's other people who are just like, hey, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm like, okay, fine. I've got hand sanitizer or in our house we call it sanitizer in the car. Boo. <laughs> Why is that boo? It's just, yeah, I'm just going to say boo. Okay. Because <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to shake somebody's hand, fine. Then I, you know, I've gotten and gotten into that habit of not touching my nose or not touching my eyes or eyes or. You know, but here's the thing: you're talking. If you know when you're talking with people and they're not wearing the mask, your eyes are still exposed. And with the mask, you know, like I look at my kids that have to wear a mask all day long. That goddamn fucking thing is getting saturated, and they're touching. They're then they're putting their hands to that wet mask and yeah. putting it on putting it on a surface. I mean, it's, I don't, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's an interesting situation and, and I'm sure the science will prove what happened years to come. Who Are we going to be alive when that happens? I don't know, but it's, you know, wear a mask if you want to, but if you don't want to wear a mask, fuck it, don't wear a mask. No, I, I think about it as, okay, we are both married. If I, if I was single at this point, it's a completely different paradigm, right? Oh yeah. Because okay, it's like okay, I, I have to wear a mask, but I'm I'm gonna eat her pussy. I mean, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you you and I are friends with some of the same people on Facebook, and we see them posting pictures of them being out at bars and parties and stuff in large groups of people watching live music, and nobody's wearing a mask. I mean, it is what it is. It's I don't know. No, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I can stay home and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I can see the other side of the equation where if I was like, if I was a single guy and I need to, you know, I need to make my nut here or not make my nut, but you know what I'm saying? Blow your nut. Yeah, there you go. Bust the nut. There. I'm not, well, okay, I've seen things where they say you should wear masks when you have sex with people. And I'm thinking, 
I'm pretty impersonal when it comes to certain things, but I, I'm pretty sure you have to share more germs than a mask is going to prevent <laughs> yeah. to, to, in order to have sex. And, and and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not a millennial. I don't have that frame frame of context to be able to know that for sure. But I'm just saying it's like, you got to kiss them before you fuck them, generally. Unless right. it's unless, a hooker. Unless you're Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Yeah, exactly. There you All go. All right. Time for a little listener reaction roundup. You actually said it right this time. Howdy, partners. Now it's time for listener reaction roundup. Yeehaw! Yeah, so we have a new friend of show, Sean. Sean Connery currently sits at negative $3,000. And your mother currently sits on my face, Trebek. <laughs> so you had said you had, you had pulled a, pic, uh, a clip for that. What was the clip that you pulled? Uh, it's just going to be a Sean Penn, you dick clip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Sean is actually friend of friend of show, Joey. And... Um, he says, I know this breaks your sequel rule, but you guys have to consider iconic, super cheesy 80s sequel. And when I say iconic, I mean pure shit. Jaws Revenge, American Ninja 2, Staying Alive. But we don't have a sequel issue where we we don't, we don't, yeah, Bogart sequels. It's just, if... If we say, okay, now we cannot do Back to the Future 2 or Back to the Future 3. Right. That's it. No, so, I actually, I saw your response to that. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is Doug and I both have access to the Facebook uh, Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug account. And I, I fucked up the initial response. But Doug had talked about it. And... The, the sequel thing, Doug said that it did not apply to... What what did you say? Star Wars and Star Trek are exempt from... I thought world. you actually had forgotten one of the important ones, which would be Indy. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I would say outside of those three, um, it would be... We're only going to do one of a given series of films. And honestly, you mentioned Jaws the Revenge, which is Jaws 4, which I actually have that book here, which is terrible, by the way. But I was going to do Jaws 2 as a film in season one of this podcast, but it turns out that Jaws 2 actually came out in 1979, so it's not eligible. Okay. And you probably didn't even know that, Doug. I did not know that. And Jaws 2 is actually not a bad film. It's not horrible. But he, he suggests some films, uh, The Fly, Poltergeist, Wall Street, Aliens, Leviathan, Robocop, Iron Eagle, Last Starfighter, Say Anything, Blood Sport, and Swamp Thing. And I responded saying, I could definitely see myself doing Iron Eagle and Blood Sport. Yeah, and I actually had responded, those are not two that I would potentially do, but there are definitely potential ones in there. And don't think just because you suggest something, it means that would be excluded. And honestly, there are things that you potentially could suggest that we might not have thought of. And it's like, I never even thought of doing Iron Eagle, for example. But, you know, it's not like we're going to do it because you suggested it. It It is, we might not have thought of it and then be like, oh, yeah, hey, that's not a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Iron Eagle is, is it's in there. It's in my queue somewhere down the road. So thanks, Sean. 
We really appreciate it. Oh, he talks about, um, uh, so it's Joey, uh, Sean, and Chico. Yeah, and I don't have a Chico song club because isn't no. Chico the silent one? <laughs> hey, Chico, how's it going? Yeah, it's great that they're texting each other about this. It's that's awesome. We really no, appreciate. No, that, that is that is great. Anybody that you know wants to spread the the Betamax Rewind love, we are all in favor of that. And Joey had actually mentioned because he is a musical savant. He teaches music lessons, and that's kind of his living. And he had mentioned, "Hey, if you ever want me to create a sound clip or create a song or an intro or something." Hey, you know what, Joey? If you want to do that, knock yourself the fuck out, man. I, if you make it, we will play it. Yeah, and trust me, there's some singing yet coming up in the next, the last three minutes of this podcast. All right, right on. All right, so next time for next week's movie. Yep. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. You're like a kilo. <laughs> <laughs> My missus said, she's like, it sounds like you're singing country. I'm like, I, but I couldn't get that key high. So I want a key low. All right. So I, I have a confession here Uh-oh. For, for, for next week's movie Uh-oh. is I had a plan. Okay. For not just next week's movie, but the next five movies that I was doing. And Midway through The Outsiders, that plan changed. Oh, do do tell. Do tell. So I hate to be this kind of person, but I felt that I had to punish you <laughs> for making me watch this shit burger of it a wasn't, movie. It was not a bad movie. It was a good movie. This movie is fucking terrible. Come on. Wife of Shojen, back me up here. Your husband's being a douchebag. <laughs> But uh, in this week's movie, Patrick Swayze plays Derry. In next week's movie, he plays Johnny Castle. Johnny Castle. I don't know. Guess who's back? Back again. Swayze's back. Tell a friend. Are we doing dirty dancing? Oh, you know what? I veto. I veto Dirty Dancing. That's it. I use my veto. Okay. That's it. In in this week's movie, Emilio Estevez plays two bits. See, I'm prepared for this shit. (laughs) In Young Guns, he plays Billy the Kid. Okay. Charlie Sheen plays Dick Brewer, something you're very familiar with, Uh in Uh that movie. He plays Bud Fox in next week's movie. What is... What? We are doing Greed is Good. Greed is what will not only save Teldar Paper, but the United States of America, Wall Street. Wall Street. Okay, fine. I, I've never seen Wall Street. I will fucking do Wall Street over dirty fucking dancing. <laughs> I'm you glad knew, I only watched you, the first ten minutes you, of it. You knew I was going to veto that motherfucker, weren't you? <laughs> yes, you I did. It. Yes. <laughs> did you see how quickly I was able to transition oh, to... Oh, you are such a fucking asshole. <laughs> fine but i've never seen wall street i will gladly watch fucking throat cancer from eating pussy michael <laughs> douglas in wall street 
It is a great movie. And All it right. still fits with my theme. Okay, wait. Before we transition to you bringing us home, every week that I do a movie, so it's like every other week, you will get one guess as to what my theme for the season is. Okay. And both movies, the one you vetoed and the one we are actually doing, both apply to my theme. Okay. Um, they're both made in the 80s. Okay. That is actually true, <laughs> but that is not what my theme is. Okay. So that's my guess. Mm. All right. So, okay. Bring us home. All right. Hey, if you like this podcast, tell a friend. If you want, if, if you say, hey, I got good shit for your ears, man, just tell that friend. You know, we're not perfect every week, but we're funny. We try and do our best. Rate and view us. It helps with our algorithmic. Yeah, that's not a uh, word. That's <laughs> not a word. Algorithmic. You know what? It, it helps with our overlords. We'll just say that. <laughs> Remember, this is just a small supplement of our life. If you want more of us, you're going to have to join our cult. So get more information by emailing betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. All right, so you're done? I'm done. Okay, great. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next week for Wall Street. All right, see ya.